To close out our series on the death of Kaylee Anthony, we discuss the trial of her mom, Casey Anthony. We'll look at the evidence provided by the prosecution, the strategy of the defense team, and of course, break down the controversial verdict made by the jury. We'll also discuss a key piece of evidence missed by the prosecution and take a look at what Casey has been doing since the trial ended almost a decade ago. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought part one contained a lot of falsehoods, stick around. Tonight's episode has more tall tales than Mike's alleged college sexcapades. This is Necronomapod. Because Kelly is dead and her body decomposed just 15 houses away from where the Anthony's put their head on the pillow every night, every day searching, searching for this little girl. Now I know it is our duty as American citizens to respect the jury system. And I do, believe me, I do. I've struck over 100 juries. But I know one thing, as the defense sits by and has their champagne toast after that not guilty verdict, Somewhere out there, the devil is dancing tonight. So I actually forgot about this until a couple hours ago when, Dave, you reminded me that last week I said I was going to ask you for your best horror movies of 2020. Well, I wish I wouldn't have reminded you because uh, I was in a panic (laughs) thinking I forgot all about this, but you had forgot. So if I wouldn't have reminded you, we could have passed it up. Literally had no open conversation Mm, ready for the show until you said that. Yeah. I probably would have just ranked my favorite gas station hot dogs to start the show. (laughs) And that would have been it. It's just not entertaining or delicious or satisfying or in any way edible. You say that yet you have never tried one and not a single one. very ignorant dave come on man i'm just saying speaking of never seen or had or tried your favorite horror movies of 2020 i think you struggled a little bit i went back and looked and i'm i'm very deficient in my horror watching for 2020 i don't know if it was the pandemic or you mean when you're inside doing nothing but watching movies and eating right it's the opposite it it doesn't make any sense (laughs) and it started because you had said that horror movies get shit on by the academy they don't get any They never respect. get nominated at the Oscars for anything. They don't. Like, take, for example, Hereditary. Hereditary was an absolute masterpiece and 100% should have been nominated for Best Picture. And Tony Collette should have been nominated for Best Actress, without a doubt. Ian, I know you would agree. 100%. I mean, that movie is fantastic. So, yeah, horror gets left out of And the- to be clear, Dave, how many Academy Awards did that movie get nominated for? I don't believe any. The answer is zero. We're I, looking for I believe zero. It's zero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tony Collette is fucking phenomenal in everything. So that was a real snub, in my opinion. Apparently, but, Necronomapod's a big Tony Collette fan. I, I love Tony Collette. I love her, too. Little Miss Sunshine's a good movie. She I is love that fantastic. movie. It's an underrated movie, for the record. I actually just watched on Netflix the other night. Um, it's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and she was in that. It's really good. Uh, see, I heard that movie was not really good, and I have not watched it yet. Mm. I liked it. But I'll watch it if you'd say it's good. Yeah, I liked Aww. it. But I, I read the book is supposed to be a lot better, so I kind of want to read the book. Mm. Okay. That's a Chuck Palahniuk book, isn't it? Or is it um, someone else? What was uh, the name of the I'm thinking movie? of ending things. No, it's... Uh, not pa- Unless they changed the name. No, it's... Who is it's it? not a Palahniuk. I forget. Novel. Yeah. Anyway. All right, I'm going to go back and watch that. 
So, but Dave, your list for 2020 then. So I went back and looked last year and I, I, for whatever reason, I did not watch a lot of horror movies last year, which is unusual. But here, here, what I did watch, my top three, Possessor, which is fucking fantastic if no one's ever seen Possessor. I think I turned Ian onto that. You watched that, right? Yeah, it was, it was really good. It's crazy. It's, uh, um, what was his name? Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son, David Cronenberg of, uh, who like, Directed Scanners and some other great movies. And then The Host, which we've talked about before, which is shot just over Zoom, I think, the whole movie, mostly. I have not heard of this. It was really good. That sounds fucked yeah. up. It was terrifying, man. It was a great mm. movie. And then the third one, I'm going to go with uh, this movie called Run. I don't know if you've seen that, Ian. I know Mike hasn't. I won't even bother asking him, but <laughs> no, I, I thought it was really that. good. Yeah. So Run, that's my third one. Okay. An honorable mention in this list, which I didn't think it was a really great movie. Dave, was, this was your own list. You didn't have to give like a top three. You could give a top four. Well, I like that you ranked it three. I'm sure you didn't give it in the right order. I, I didn't put any particular order, no. Mm. But th- there's a movie. It's Except called, for the honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> Antebellum, which it's an interesting story. I, I don't think the movie was that great, but Janelle Monet is so fantastic that it's being added to my list. Mm. So you watch it just for her, just for the fact that she's in it. So if you're a Janelle Monet fan, you she's probably fantastic. already have seen Annabellum because she's yeah. not a, the biggest name right, star. Right, right, right. Really, really Check it good out. performance by her. The movie could have been a little better, but it's worth a watch, in my opinion. Stamp of approval from Dave Namapod. Absolutely. That's he, all I got. I'm, I'm really delinquent, though. There's a, I have, you know, I saw 20 movies still on my list that I never got to for whatever reason. You slacked. You slacked this Maybe I was year. working on a show, Mike. Maybe I was working Where on Bible you? Babble. For 12 months? Did you ever think about for that? For 12 months? Maybe. For that one was episode, maybe. Pally? We're in <laughs> big trouble. Maybe I do a lot of homework. <laughs> big trouble. <laughs> um, you have a new Bible Babble coming out this month. I do. Yeah. Any spoilers? No? Um, you don't have... I mean, I'm, I'm setting you up for anything. I'm just asking. For the, if anyone wants, if you know those 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 few listeners mm. out there who have not yet signed up for the ten dollar tier of Patreon, we are going to play a game of Bible trivia with a couple of special guests on the show. Ooh, Bible trivia! Wow, what is more exciting than Bible trivia? Do Am you I right? play the role of priests <laughs> and they play the role of altar boys? <laughs> that is not <laughs> how it went. Oh, but the outcome of Bible trivia: somebody won. Uh, free incense, and the loser got molested by the priest who was waiting out, out in the hallway. Wow. I hope you at least fed him some of those little wafer cracker gimmicks. Well, you can't play trivia with your hun- with uh, hungry. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I had something else. I was, oh, Ian, I wanted to uh, ask you. So you might not know if they actually came out in the last year or not. Uh, you're not quite the cinephile Dave is, but you have any horror movie recommendations that you've watched recently? Dave gave uh, his... While you guys were talking about that, I was looking at the list of 2020 horror movies. <clears throat> Stuff I saw on the list that I liked. Uh, the Dark and the Wicked was good. I got one more, Ian. I'm sorry to inter- cut you off, but you watched The Lodge, right? And that's on my yeah. list that you said it was really good. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, that was good. Um, the Rental was pretty good. Amulet was really good. I really liked Amulet. That movie is kind of hmm. like you get to a certain point and you're like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? Like, what am I watching now? Ian did a lot better than me last year. You know what else I forgot to mention? I'm sorry to interrupt again. Is the follow-up to uh, Train from Train to Busan, the Korean zombie horror movie? It's still on my list. I haven't watched that part two, the sequel. Mm, you're, interesting. Dude, you're a slacking. I don't think you're the authority. You're not the authority anymore on horror movies, I feel I like. I, I don't know what happened to me last year. I, I was 
doing other stuff, I guess. Hey, it's a new year. Start fresh. Yeah. Get them all knocked out. And then catch up on all those new ones that are going to be coming out in yeah. 2021. Yeah, that was about it. The host was good. Like Dave said, Possessor was good. I don't know. That, that movie's coming up. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. It's coming up as a horror movie. I don't know if I would consider it a horror mm. movie, but it was. I, I really liked it. Here's another one, Ian. Remember, She Dies Tomorrow? You turned me on to that. Oh, movie. yeah. That movie was good. That was a trippy one. Well, I wouldn't say it's horror, but it was uh, it was entertaining. Different. That's kind of what I'm thinking of ending things as like. Okay. It's like a real trippy kind of makes you really think about what you're watching mm-hmm. a little bit. Like a couple of the mainstream ones I watched were not good. Like Invisible Man was just not good. Yeah, it wasn't good. Terrible. Or that other one, that other Kevin Bacon movie. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember the name of it, but this is bad. Welcome to Movie Talk with Mike Dayton. <laughs> Mike will be silent for the next 20 minutes as uh, Ian and Dave discuss horror films from the last 20 years. That's a good show. We should do that, too. Movie Talk? Movie Talk? That would be fun. Yeah. Might have to sit that one out, fellas. Right, don't think I have a lot to, uh, to add to that uh, Mike, series. you still breathing? Hello? Hello? Yep. Hello? Are you still there? Yeah, maybe I'll run the soundboard for that episode alone. <laughs> Go home and watch Die Hard. You can be on next week. No, show. thank you. Fucko. Pass. I'd rather quit this job. <laughs> Fuck Bruce Willis. Piece of shit. Uh, I would have to say my favorite uh, horror movie from the last you know, year that I saw was The Hostel. Real good. The the hostel. The hostel. <laughs> the hostel. What the fuck did that come out? Like two thousand eight or yeah, that's about I also like that, years that movie A Road Trip. <laughs> it was real good too. <laughs> I do really like both of those movies for the record. I know they came out forever ago. Those are really good movies. I prefer Hostel too. I thought it was better. Which is the scene where they cut the Achilles tendon. Remember they, they had that girl's the first one. Yeah. yeah. One of the most difficult scenes I've ever had to see in a movie. It's tough to watch the she stand Achilles up and then she cut. tries to walk. Yeah. Oh, I'll make myself I, tag. Oh. I think the second one's better with Bijou Phillips. And uh, I, I've seen really it. Really good. Fucked up movies, man. Yeah. Fucked up. Torture porn. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Not my kink, but hey, Blue Chew, if you're looking for uh, an outlet, we, get, we just had a perfect segue. You weren't here because you didn't pay us. So speaking of Blue Chew, Ian... Part two. (laughs) Where we left off on part one, Casey Anthony had been charged with first degree murder for the murder of her daughter, Kaylee. Kaylee's remains were found by a guy named Roy Cronk, who stupidly picked up the skull by the eye socket with a stick before calling police. The medical examiner had also ruled that the death was a homicide, but couldn't determine the cause of death. By the time Kaylee was found, her remains were completely skeletal, and animals had torn into the black garbage bag she was stored in, and presumably fed on her body to some degree. Because this is Florida, with rain and humidity, Kaylee's body had also been underwater at certain points, because this wooded area flooded at times, which also sped up decomposition, and pretty much washed away a lot of the evidence. So disrespectful. What police found were three pieces of duct tape, with one still attached to the jawbone. You know, crime scene photos, we're going to talk about them in a bit here, but they're blurred out, so you can't, nobody can really see for themselves where the duct tape is as far as the crime scene photos are. The prosecution the and the defense are going to debate is if it was on or near. Like, that's like the two things that they're, they're both hitting on. Well, they had access to the unredacted photos or no. Are you saying the photos they took were not good and they were blurred? 
I know the ones that are released to the public are blurred out. Okay, but they had access to the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the thing, like the the prosecution says it was on the bone or on the skull, mm. and the defense will say no, it was near. Okay, the jaw, like it's it's real, and then you and like the public, you can't see it for yeah, yourself. Right. So it's just the skull also had residue from duct tape on it and a heart shaped sticker. But the sticker wasn't photographed and never was entered into evidence. The residue from the heart-shaped sticker was was lost after testing of the duct tape was done. So this was a complete missed piece of evidence. Is there a fuck up in every case like this? Because like in the evidence chain of command handling, because there seems to be always something like someone well, didn't do something right. I mean, in all fairness, you know, the, the ones we cover are also cases that are under extreme scrutiny. Right. They're looking at everything. So you think it's just I would the norm? Every police investigation okay. is not flawless. Yeah. There's mistakes that happen. And I don't think you can necessarily hold that against them. You know, and then like a case like this, like we're in part one, they had done a pretty good job. Uh-huh. You know, this isn't a West Memphis three or a, a right. John Benet Ramsey type situation. You know, so you think that's standard? No one's perfect. There's always kind of forensic I would mishaps. Im- I would imagine in most cases of yeah. Like in every movie there yeah. is, they're like, did you put that cigarette, like, that butt out officer in my crime scene? <laughs> like what we're going to get into here in a minute, even like I was thinking about this earlier. What's this dude's name? Uh, the Kronk guy, Roy yeah, Kronk. Roy Kronk. <laughs> so maybe I'll save it for then. But I mean, we're talking about it now. Like they made a whole big thing about how like he touched the skull mm. with a stick. If I'm walking through the woods, I'm not going to believe that a skull sitting there is real. I'm going to think it's like a decoration. Like, I'm not going to embarrass myself and call 911 and be like, I found a dead body. And they're going right. to be like, motherfucker, this is from Spencer Gifts. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't <laughs> fall. And I understand that's not police. So I'm getting off topic. That's not the police. Yeah. But like that was held against this whole investigation and this, this whole trial for an average Joe just trying to figure out, hey, is this fucking a real thing? Mm-hmm. I would probably do the same thing. Pick it up, move it I in mean, some I, way. I'm not going to touch it with my sure. bare hands, but yeah. I'm going to want to make sure it's real. And I understand that's not the police. Yeah. But at the same time, that's you fair. know, everyone's going to nitpick when there's these high profile cases. That's fair. And I know that's a bad example because he's not the police. But I, I do stand by the initial statement. You know, there's probably little mistakes in every police investigation. They're not perfect human beings mm-hmm. and you can't expect them to be. I think that's unfair to expect them to be perfect. Fair enough, Mike. Point taken. Inside the black garbage bag, there was also a blanket that was from a matching bedroom set in the Anthony home, which was it was a Winnie the Pooh um, bedroom set. There was an outfit of Kaylee's, a pair of shorts that are that denim looking material for toddlers, but it's soft. It's not like actual jean material and a pink shirt that said, here comes big trouble. There's a picture of Kaylee wearing the exact same outfit with Casey. And even though the skulls blurred out in all the crime scene photos, like we were just talking about, it's still a tough picture side by side, seeing her alive, wearing the outfit and then the outfit all muddy and ruined with a blurred out skull sitting next to it in the woods. Did, did you look at this photo, Dave? I will not look at this. No. I know Ian does because he's doing the research and stuff, so he's kind of forced to. I haven't. I don't want to see this photo. Yeah, Much, there, you can't. There's nothing graphic in it, but no, I, I, don't, I, know. Know. I don't know if it's because I have a daughter in the same age range or if I'm getting a little more sensitive. Just the way you even explain it in the, in the, the notes, though, like it's, you know, that's tough to, to think about and to look at. It's the same way it's, you did with the, with, you know, and I know it's more graphic, but the way you described the John Bonet, you know, photos, like you, 
said those were terrible and I have still to this day never looked at them and I never will. Like, I don't want to see that shit. Those are not great. Yeah. I didn't look at the West Memphis three photos. Like, I I don't want to see that stuff. Apparently, everyone who watched that documentary saw them and they're telling us about it. And uh, it's awful. They they did not love it. I guess in the first few minutes they show it. It's immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's just with that right off. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that needs to be done. It did not need to be in that movie. First of all, in my opinion, a a case like that is just, I guess, interesting enough. You don't need to dramatize it by showing that. Like, we get it. There's a level of respect that's due to victims that that's just not called for. I agree. In a documentary like that. I think we we try not to do that with our social posts. Like, we don't show, we try not to show disrespectful posts for victims. Hopefully we don't. I mean, that People Magazine picture you posted last week is tough to look at. I mean, that's a And it's that's a, just a, a photo of a girl, cute girl. man. That's that's tough to Spoiler alert, there's more of those coming, but it's a photo of a cute girl. Yeah. It's not yeah. a photo of her corpse or skeleton. Yeah. We're not going to show that. We're not going to show, you know, like the OJ crime scene photos, which is the worst that I've ever actually seen while doing this show that I've actually googled and looked at. That is <sighs> those a bloodbath. Bad. It is a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath for sure. Well, he almost took her head off. It was yeah. almost all the way off. Yeah. Anyways, such a happy episode, isn't it? Getting to the media aspect of this case a little more, this was the top story for ratings with news stations, and it was the first case like this in the, in the social media age. We talked about viewership during OJ and like how Domino's had record sales during the, um, the Bronco chase and the money that was made from tabloids during John Bonet's case, and, and this one was no different. There were three years to cover between Kaylee disappearing and when the trial started. You know, Casey Anthony was locked up for those three years, and no one hit this case harder than Nancy Grace. Every night, Nancy was crushing the prime time hours with 8 p.m. having 2.9 million viewers and 9 p.m. having 2.2 million viewers. Like, that's crazy for prime time. Mm-hmm. It's big numbers. Now, Ian, you know, we had to talk about this hot <laughs> mom bitch. <laughs> Wait, I know some of you couldn't understand that. Let me translate. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I heard. Disgusting tot mom. Party <laughs> slut. Why does she call her a tot mom? She likes know. tater tots, Mike, obviously. Oh. She's from the South. I like tater tots. I love tater well, She's from tots. Ohio, first of all. Toots. Nancy Grace. Nancy Grace. Is she from Ohio? Casey. Nancy Grace. Where's she from? But I thought she was calling her Casey a top mom because she likes tater tots. Mike, who's on second? What? What? (laughs) I don't know. She she was a toddler. Top mom. What? Top mom. What? You dirty bitch. Top mom. (laughs) Fucking hate Nancy Grace. Uh, That goddamn stupid Karen haircut. I'm so glad it's not me this week. (laughs) Last week it was me. This week it's Dave. For the record, she was probably right on this one. Maybe. We'll get to that at the end. But... She's a trifling human being, Nancy Grace. Yeah. Um, second, let's not just uh, skip over the fact that tater tots are an extremely underrated side dish. Not by me, they're not. What does that mean? I don't underrate them at all. You I fucking overrate them, you if love anything. Them. You yes. love them. Of course. You get a good crispy brown tater tot. <laughs> what do you mean? What does that mean? Tater tot is fucking delicious. Well, I thought you meant like you didn't like them. <laughs> love tater tots. They're so good. They're great. Yeah. More people need to start fucking having tater tots. Do people tots. not like tater tots? I just don't think they're talked about enough. People like splooge over french fries. The tater tot business is where it's at. Way better. I agree. Should we I do agree. a tater tots podcast? 
Well, and I think we're getting a little insane. After one episode, where do we go? Where do we go from there, Dave? Oh, we just call it a day. That was it. One, one just, episode. It's just us eating, like yeah. dipping in ketchup or yeah, like, oh, These are really good. Hmm. <laughs> well, bye. <laughs> so anyways, Nancy Grace. Go on, E, and talk about the slut top mom. <laughs> to put that viewership in perspective, CNN and Fox News were close to matching and sometimes beating Nancy Grace when they ran stories about Casey Anthony. So there are a fuck ton of people tuning in to see what's going on with this case. Yeah, clearly. Remember that scene in the newsroom where they're getting all frustrated because the only thing that's getting them ratings is the Casey Anthony trial. Do you remember that? And no. they're like, is this all there is to talk about? Like, we need to come up with something else. It was really her. They talked about the Casey oh, Anthony trial. Yeah, it's been the a newsroom. long time. Newsroom, fantastic show for those of you out there. And I know coming from me, that means nothing because I've watched four things in my life. <laughs> but, you know, the newsroom. Hmm. Jeff Daniels. It, is, it was a great awesome. show. I just don't remember that part. Yeah. Olivia Munn, the superior Olivia, if we're going to be honest. I would agree. When the verdict was read in this case, news websites were getting 3.3 million clicks per minute. And Twitter and Facebook weren't able to count posts because they were coming in too fast which means that that posts were coming in faster than 10 per second. So with this type of coverage, it was going to be extremely hard to get an unbiased jury. Mike's too lazy to go to the keg tonight. He's just opening cans and stuff. <laughs> I had some cans. I was going to use them. <laughs> Trying to find jurors who were qualified dwindled down to eventually getting people from Clearwater, Florida to be jurors. Well, I don't know if that's qualified. They're probably Scientologists, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if you want that jury pool. What's funny is I actually took that as, and I know that's where Scientology obviously is. Like, they're just like the most laid back people on earth. Like, if you're in Clearwater, which is a fucking gorgeous town, by the way. Yeah. Like, you're on, you're just like relaxed, like the most chill probably person yeah. in the world. It's, it's, if you're going to subjugate yourself to Florida, <laughs> at least go to Clearwater. I like have some self respect. love Clearwater. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. I was there for one long weekend and there was like always a breeze off the ocean. So that humidity didn't kill you. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Great bars. town. Yeah. Big fan. But don't become a Scientologist. The prosecution wanted women on the jury and the defense wanted as many men as possible. Polls were showing that only 11% of men thought that there was a definite chance Casey was guilty and only 9% of men were angry about the case. And you know, in short, Casey's looks played a huge role when it came to men. Oh, is she a good looking girl? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess she's all right. Not my cup of tea, but <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I guess I get it. Yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah. The prosecution generally wanted women on the jury, but the defense was a little more specific. They wanted to avoid women who were mothers in the age range of 20 to 40 years old and any single mothers. They didn't want jurors to be able to identify themselves with Casey on a personal level. Yeah, I bet they didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> when it came to men, they really wanted men who were fathers 45 years or older. Oh, that's a great they group of people there. 45-year-old fathers. And, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Seems like a legitimate uh, jury base. What's that like, Dave, being 45 or older? It's <laughs> not too bad. I wouldn't. I mean, I'd, at that point, put me out of my misery is how I'd imagine it. Jesus. Like, man. Well, we'll see you in 10 years and see how you feel. Oh, you won't. I'll be put out long before that. <laughs> Send me out guns blazing. I'll be out at 39. The thought behind this was they could get sympathy for the defense that they were going to 
that they're going to lay out, we're going to be talking about, and that fathers would be more forgiving towards a daughter when it came to the blatant lies that Casey had been telling. It's it's a very smart strategy. 100%. Absolutely. What interests me about a lot of these cases is the jury selection process and the way that everything the defense and the prosecution play it like because you you have a strategy, but, you know, you you can only do so much in that situation and just their way they go about it. To me, that's the most fascinating part of a lot of these cases is it makes or breaks the whole trial coming soon to Necronome Pub Patreon. Mike, Dave and Ian break down jury selection (laughs) (laughs) while eating tater tots. (laughs) Jury number juror, juror number one, please tell us your thoughts. Again, I want to bring up curb your enthusiasm, but <laughs> I don't want to. It's just a hilarious scene. Anyways, watch it. Ultimately, the panel of jurors ended up being nine women and eight men. The first criticism of the prosecution came in the fact that they were seeking the death penalty for Casey instead of life in prison. Sentencing someone to death changes the stakes completely and you have to have a jury willing to be the ones that are going to put that person to death how this has been reported is only one of the jurors in the casey anthony case believed strongly in the death penalty and the rest were on the fence when it came to it so that's going to be an uphill battle right off the bat for the prosecution see that has to be a question that's asked in the jury selection process right because, like, if you get someone who's just completely against the death penalty, period, you don't sure want them on the jury. ask that. But that's what I don't like. You can't can exclude you? anyone who doesn't believe in the death penalty from a capital case, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, you get. But, like, if you get that person, then you're fucked. Because this person, then, if they're against the death penalty, is not going to convict based solely on that. Mm. Right? I mean,. If that person sticks to, you know, does their, the, their well, I mean, there's two phases. There's convicting and then there's the sentencing. Does the sentencing also have to be a unanimous jury decision to convict is an unanimous jury decision? Say you're convicted and the looking, jury's 11 to one on sentencing. Does that have to be unanimous to sentence I, someone to death? I don't know. But if you were if they're going at this saying and I'm just talking this out, if they're going at this saying we want, you know, capital, you know, federal I don't know what what the fuck was the charges the the capital the capital, murder. capital murder first degree murder first degree I mean you got to kind of know right like if you if you convict yeah I I get what you're saying meaning you're gonna even if you could convict and not vote for the death penalty you know they might be put to death so you're less likely to convict I, I think this is one of the Man, biggest like, things in this case is <laughs> excuse me first degree murder capital murder charge is a bit of an overstretch in this case. I think that's where they, that's they what went I mean. wrong. Like There's just, no evidence to su- to support that charge. You're trying to play on everybody agreeing yeah. on this one, yeah. where if you just get one person that's just like, nah, she's guilty, but she doesn't need to die, then that's yeah. it. You just threw away your case. And optics being what they are, I, I think it's a lot easier for people to sentence a, you know, a 45-year-old degenerate guy who there's clear evidence that he killed a couple people to death versus a 22 year old girl who may have may or may not have been directly or indirectly responsible for the death of her daughter. It's just, you know, that's a, what's well, called a like tough it is. scenario. They're more than likely to call a 45 year old poor person who can't defend themselves likely to commit murder and die. Absolutely. And they were an attractive white woman from, that's yeah. just how things are in this country. It just makes it a lot easier for them. Absolutely. 
So I think we kind of agree in the end. Yeah. Kind of really, we took the long way about it, saying, <laughs> yeah, we agree. It's just, a, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad call. This is not the kind of case where the, you, the evidence just does not support a capital murder charge with the death penalty specification. It just doesn't. Welcome to the Mike and Dave show. <laughs> a special guest today, Ian. We allow him to talk occasionally. <laughs> Dave and I will break down the, uh, the, you know. Our drunk asses will break down the points of how to how to run a trial, you know, with no legal education. <laughs> There's lawyers listening to us right now like you, these fucking idiots. <laughs> Look, young, pretty white girls are not subject to the same. Has a young, pretty white girl and- ever been sentenced to capital punishment? No, I'd like to know. Of course not. I'd like to know. Hmm. It's just, you know, it's all yeah, I got. Jody, <laughs> Jody Arias got life in prison. Yeah. See? I mean, yeah. Well, I said pretty. She's not pretty. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, not. maybe if they had, you know, if there was video of her strangling her kid or something, but the evidence then, just does not then, support. Even then, it's a there would have been there would have been an excuse. That's right. Her mental health, her, you know, something. She was abused. Her trauma. I don't know. Have any of those women that killed their kids? Like, there's been a couple cases, right, where they drove their kids into the water. There was that one. There was one in New York, in Texas. You know what I'm talking about? Andrea Yates and Susan I know Smith. That they they murdered all their yeah. kids. Were any of those ever, any of those women ever sentenced to death? I don't know. I think our country has made it very clear who gets put on death row and I, who doesn't. Without a doubt. And I think it's disgusting. And I think that's, you know, going now relating it back. Like, that's part of the issue here is, you know, you overcharged her and here we go. Which cops do all the time. They love to overcharge. Because then they get you to plea down when you didn't fucking do anything to begin. Uh, that's a whole nother story. We can't. We, all right, stop. We can't. Point <laughs> you walk Dave and Mike now talk politics. That's the DA's uh, MO. They fucking overcharge you with felonies every, to get you to plead guilty to a misdemeanor that you never did in the first place hmm. because it's the easiest way and every all case right, gets pallet. pallet out. Hey, remember your heart rate. Settle down. It's okay. <laughs> God damn. Settle down, Nancy Grace. <laughs> well, that's what up. they did Dave in this case. fired up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Look, it's a fucking problem. All right. I agree. Just not in this case, though. Maybe necessarily. Sorry, Ian. Continue. <laughs> they tried to get her to take the uh, to take a plea deal multiple times in this, and she just absolutely would not budge. There you go. But, they overcharge on the capital murder charge. They're like, we're gonna, you're gonna be convicted. We're gonna put you to death. So plead guilty and do life in prison. Right. That's what they try to do. Or she yeah. was such a narcissist that she just thought, no, I did nothing wrong. I'm fine. And I'm, I'm hot. A, no jury will uh, yeah. convict me. I'm a, can I get to a hot topic to, you know, or, uh, you know, American Eagle to buy the clothes before they close at six o'clock? <laughs> I need a new pair of, you know, ripped jeans. <laughs> See, Which that's why they overcharge. See, no, but I think in this case, she was just too narcissistic to accept a plea deal. I think. Yeah. This isn't some poor, you know, black woman mm. who they're overcharging just to, hey, let's just cut this deal and then we win and which yeah. is what always happens right but this is a case where i think she was just like oh i'm gonna beat this it's not a problem yeah in her mind she was convinced she was in the right from the beginning probably yeah oh you didn't put your hands behind your back and point two five seconds felony resisting arrest bitch mm-hmm. yeah well, that never happens could have just shot her i'm in a mood point, i'm right? in a mood tonight yeah. <laughs> i can tell <laughs> we were on page two of 12 boys <laughs> Also, I got, I'm, you know what? Here's a good chance. I'm going to pee. I'm going to let Dave recollect himself. <laughs> Ian, you leave this all in because I want everyone to hear. I'm taking a pee break. We're all going to regroup. <laughs> Who would have thought that this episode would have went from people worrying about Dave and I, you know, just 
jerking off to Casey Anthony to us just getting into uh, the system and Dave going off on it. Next a lot week. of the system conversation in this story. There absolutely is because it, you know, next week we'll talk about cash bail and how fucking bad that is. <laughs> Tune in then. <laughs> this is Dave Talks Crime. <laughs> Coming soon to a Patreon near you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pee real quick. I thought he was joking. He wasn't oh, getting really up. Do have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Two here. The trial began on May 24th, 2011 at the Orange County Courthouse with Judge Belvin Perry presiding. The prosecution focused on the words child-free life, whose life was better with Kaylee gone. Prosecutor Linda Burdick laid out every day that Kaylee was missing, like all 31 days in detail. They laid out all of Casey's lies and presenting pictures from the hot body contest, going after her character and painting her out to be like this wild party girl. And did hot mom shaver beaver before the trial? <laughs> I bet she did that slut. <laughs> Tune in tonight on Nancy Grace to find out about the hot mom sluts beaver. <laughs> And three million people tune in. <laughs> Dirty slot. <laughs> Prosecutors stated that Casey used chloroform to render Kaylee unconscious, then put duct tape over her nose and mouth to suffocate her, and then left Kaylee's body in the trunk of her car for a few days before disposing of it, because like all of Casey's lies, she didn't have a real plan. Just move forward and things will work themselves out. That's just not something the normal person can do. Like you try to envision what that looks like in reality. Like, how can you do that? I, I, what do you mean? How do you how can you kill your kid and put her in the trunk of your car? Like, it's hard to envision. Well, I, 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 I don't know. We're not. It's just hard to envision. Yeah. This. When it was the defense's turn, this was like the moment everyone had been waiting for. For the past three years, local news and Nancy Grace were hammering the evidence in this case because everything was out there. So basically anything they could get their hands on, which was pretty much almost all of the evidence. So everyone was like on the edge of their seats waiting to hear how Jose Baez was going to defend Casey. Jose Baez claimed in opening statements that Kaylee drowned accidentally in the family's pool on June 16, 2008 and was found by George Anthony, who told Casey she would spend the rest of her life in jail for child neglect and then proceeded to cover up Kaylee's death. Baez said that George put Kaylee's body in the garbage bag with the duct tape because that's exactly how George disposed of family pets when they died. George then told Casey... If this was going to work, she needed to move on with life, and that's why she didn't report Kaylee is missing for those 31 days. The, the thing with this, George is a retired cop. Like, even the dumbest of cops knows that's not going to work, right? And would come up with a better plan than this. I 100% agree. I mean, this is not even a plausible story at all. If you were going to be in on it, you would do a better job than this. As a retired cop, you've seen your fair share of exactly. investigations. Like, you know what police are going to look for. Right. To address Casey's extravagant lies, because there was no getting around those, Bias said this was a learned behavior by Casey from years of molestation by George and, and her brother, Lee. Casey had to lie to everyone about what was going on since she was eight years old, and lying became a defense mechanism for her. 
this was a massive bombshell that the media and everyone went crazy over. You know, it's like we said, three years of saying the same shit over and over again. And then Jose Baez dropped this bomb and he laid this out in very graphic detail to get it, get the point across to the jury. And one of the things he said about lying was, quote, at 13, she'd have her father's penis in her mouth and then go to school and play as if nothing was wrong. Like when I heard, mm. when I watched the video of him saying that, like I was taken back. I was like, oh, nobody was shit. expecting that. Yeah. No. And he was like yelling it. He was pointing at the jury, like yeah. really getting passionate. I'm like, God damn. So if I was on the jury, I'd be like, oh, shit. He, he was an actor and he played the role yeah. perfectly for yeah, these opening sure. statements. And keep in mind that George was pretty much told that this was going to be the angle that the defense was taking when he walked into the courtroom that day. The prosecution told him that he couldn't react to any of it. So when he's sitting there with no emotion, you know, some people judge him and it's not like he's some cold sociopath. That's what he was told to do. And I'm sure he was in some form of shock that this was going to be blasted out to the whole world by his daughter. Yeah, imagine that. But what was the, I don't mean to jump ahead, but I don't think we even, we even get into it. What was the end game then of the prosecution? Like, oh, don't react because we'll make this better. But then you really don't like, wouldn't some emotion have done them better instead of sitting there stone cold looking like a, you know, a hard ass. Like if you had been sitting there crying or looking like, why would she be saying this about me? I just think it like, could be construed as you got caught and now everyone But as knows opposed to what? You sit there looking stone cold and they don't I, they don't they don't capitalize yeah, on that. I don't know. I don't think I there mean, was any good way for him to react, to be completely honest. Yeah. I, I don't disagree, but then why act, you know first of all, I give him a ton of credit if he was able to keep his composure. But then, you know, to be able to like hear have, have him sit through something like that and not be able to respond or react and be like, oh, no, no, keep it together. It's tough. We got is, this. Is there any thought that he was in on this with the defense and he was taking one, you know, letting himself be thrown under the bus to, to attempt to get his daughter out of out of this? According to him, no. I just wonder if that's a possibility. It seems unlikely, but. I think it's a it's a possibility. And, you know, maybe as we go later down the road, there's yeah. your reasonable doubt or yeah. something, you know, but. You just it I is mean, it is crazy to hear out of nowhere something like that. Yeah. But that's what you're looking for sometimes just bombshells and throwing right. up whatever you can and just to create even that little sliver of doubt and So is Baez that good of an attorney? Or is he just that good of an attorney? Well, yeah. I guess we're gonna find out. Well we we never will. I mean <laughs> we know what happens, but Well the people listening don't, Mike. Why don't you let them have have their show? I didn't. I didn't get spoil anything. Why are you spoiling? It? I didn't spoil a damn thing. <laughs> I didn't spoil a spoil a damn thing. Baez then turned his attention in the opening statements to Roy Cronk, and said that not only had Cronk contaminated the crime scene, but he did it on purpose. He said that Cronk wasn't genuine about those calls to the tip line on August 11th, 12th, and 13th. That he actually moved Kaylee's body to the area she was found in on December 11th and held off on making sure police found her to maximize publicity in hopes of making money. Is there any proof of this? I, I think that's a bit of a fucking stretch, man. I, I mean, 
when last week I said Jose Baez pretty much Casey Anthony his way through this trial, mm-hmm. I think this is another example of him just saying shit that has no yeah. basis in reality and just says it. Like so, I said, just throw it out there and Roy, let's see what sticks. Roy Cronk called the tip line three days in a row, and now Jose Baez is going to be like, well, he was just making all that up. Like, he didn't give a shit. <laughs> right, right. He didn't fucking care. I don't know. The prosecution's first witness was George Anthony, because now they had to address these claims that he sexually abused Casey, which he obviously denied. And I think everyone can collectively agree that George did not molest Casey Anthony. And the same goes for her brother, Lee. Like Lee Anthony is a non-entity in this story. And now he's being thrown under the bus that he sexually abused Casey when all this guy was doing was just trying to live his life. Mm. Ian. Go ahead. No, I say, we I have assume, the same joke. I assume he's older. No, I was just going to oh. ask. I assume he's older, right? Her brother. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Ian, can we assume he's the Burke of this story? <laughs> just a poor brother living his life? Yeah, he, he wasn't doing anything, you know? And <laughs> then all of a sudden, Jose there, Baez yeah. is like throwing him under the bus. And like, man, I'd be throwing him under throat. the bus to the point. I'd be arrested at that point because I would go after an attorney who was accusing me of raping someone hmm. that I clearly had nothing to do with. I'd be, I'd go to jail again. I don't think everything's always visible. Like, is it possible the family got together with Jose Baez and this is the story they came up with and like, we'll take one for the team. If we can, I just don't it's always possible. believe that what's on it's the possible. surface is what actually happened. I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely. Yeah. I don't know. Did, up until this point did Casey, she didn't, she didn't display any, any behaviors that were attributed to past victims of sexual assault, right? No, and there's and there's there's prison recordings of her with her father, right? That would not lead you to believe that this was the kind of relationship, right? Yeah, I mean they're talking like normal father and daughter. Yeah, and right. I've missed she's you. She's talking about kind of, yeah. how much she wants to get out and be able to see him and stuff. Yeah, and, right. So like, there's no evidence to support any of this other than Jose Baez's claims. That's it. Right. That's it. Take it for what it is, but th- I mean, that, that is what it is. Yes. In the beginning here, that was pushed far enough to where the FBI did a DNA test on George and Lee to make sure that they weren't the father of Kaylee. Mm. That's fucked so, up. That's so wow. fucked up. Yeah. Can you imagine being Lee like, okay, fucking take my DNA to make sure my sister's daughter is not mine. Yeah. Like, imagine if this is, if it is, as we all believe, to be complete bullshit, and you're Lee. Like, what the fuck? Oh, I, yeah, I don't... I'd be flipping tables. I'd be flipping tables, as I think most people would. Of course they would. George also testified that he did not smell anything like human decomposition in the car on June 23rd, when he and Casey got in that fight about her stealing the gas cans, because he could have potentially been close enough to the car to smell it. However, he did testify that he did smell what he believed to be the smell of a dead body on July 15th when they when he picked up the car from the impound lot. When it was Baez's turn to question George, everyone thought that he was going to grill George on all this molestation stuff. But Baez put a Casey Anthony twist on these claims, and he never brought it up again in the trial. He just said it happened, shocked everyone, Never called a witness or any experts on those claims. Nothing. Just planted a seed. It's all he needed yep. to do. 
instead Baez hit George on his January 23rd, 2009 suicide attempt. George had driven to Daytona Beach, took a bunch of pills along with a ton of alcohol in an attempt to commit suicide. He sent out a few texts saying bye to people, and that's how he ended up being located by medics. He was found unconscious in a hotel room with a five-page suicide note that was pretty much summed up as, you know, I failed as a husband, father, a grandfather, and now I need to go be with Kaylee. And so this was, this was what, nine, ten months after Kaylee had been discovered dead. So that's to put in perspective, because when I was going through the notes, I was like, well, wait, what was the timeline on this? Mm -hmm. This was as after Kaylee had died and they were still doing the investigations. So, yeah, I mean, he it's a tough spot to be in for sure. I I guess you can't fault the guy. I'm not saying either way. I just wanted to put in perspective. This was after that, you know, his granddaughter had been found brutally murdered and he had had some conflicts with his own daughter. Sure. Bias twisted this to not be a grieving grandfather that felt like he failed in life, but a man who was guilty that he disposed of his granddaughter like he did with the family pets. Baez even had George read parts of his suicide note on the stand and grilled him about what certain lines meant while George was up there crying. Like, it's just really brutal stuff. Yeah. Like, that takes something to be able to to do that to someone, you know? Especially if you know it's not true. Yeah. And it also takes someone to show the restraint that I think George showed through a yeah, lot of this. Yeah. I, I, like if I'd have been, leaving, I'd have been this, taken out in handcuffs. I really think I'd have been taken out in handcuffs yeah. when I was accused of sexual assault and or when you're grilling me on this. Yeah. And, I mean, if George was in on this, I would say he's the best actor ever, because mm-hmm. if you watch the testimony with him getting grilled on this suicide note, he's like, I mean, he would win an Academy Award for the way he was crying. Mm hmm. To be clear, Tom Hanks is the best actor ever. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's in contention for sure. <laughs> Cindy Anthony was next to be called regarding the smell in the trunk of the car. Because on that last 911 call, Cindy said the car smelled like a damn dead body and like someone died. However, when questioned, Cindy now said that it was a, quote, figure of speech and she was confident that what she was smelling was the bag of garbage that had all the pizza in it. All right, so we listened to that call last week. That is not how I heard the call at all. <laughs> no. Not figuratively. <laughs> it was literally a dead body. And her being a nurse, I would assume at some point down the line, she yeah. smelled a dead body before. I would think. There was a heated debate between the prosecution and the defense on whether or not the jury could smell the fabric sample for themselves to see if it smelled like rotting food or a dead body, but Judge Perry shot this down. Further getting into the smell of the trunk, in part one we talked about Dr. Arpad Voss, who determined that there was human decomposition in the trunk of the car. Dr. Voss had his PhD in anthropology, but had come up with a way using chemistry to to detect chemicals that are found when a body decomposes. His method involved putting the sample in a paint can, and after allowing it to sit and build pressure, he could pull the chemicals from the sample. This was the first time his method was used in a courtroom, but it was peer-reviewed. I mean, it was a legit test. It wasn't some, you know, It wasn't some mail-in PhD doctor like uh, West (laughs) Memphis 3 that didn't take any classes. Yeah. Okay. 
He testified that in his research, he has found 30 chemicals that are unique to human decomposition, and the trunk had seven of these. Five of those chemicals were solid enough to say 100%, and two were trace amounts. He also testified that he detected high amounts of chloroform in the trunk. Baez hit back on Dr. Voss, pointing out the fact that Voss was an anthropologist and didn't have a degree in chemistry, which was what the whole basis of his test was on. He also focused heavy on that this method had never been used in court before and came up with a catchphrase for it, saying it was fantasy forensics. Does that alliter- the alliteration help, Mike? Does it make you disbelieve it? If I say, oh, that's fantasy forensics. It gave me one of the biggest boners I've had this show. So, I mean, I don't know. I haven't had many boners in this series. It's That's because Bluetooth doesn't sponsor the show. That's why. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. It, Bias also claimed that Dr. Voss was just doing this to try and sell his, uh, his test, his method, like get popularity out of doing the case. To probably patent it and then, you know, sell it across the country. Yeah. It's a legitimate pushback on that. Baez also had an expert testify that air tests will show chloroform anytime they are ran, and chloroform is found in almost all everyday cleaning products. You know where else they found chloroform? Mike's frat room. Mike's room <laughs> in, his fr- in the frat house. Nope. Tons of nope. it. Nope. So if someone had cleaned the trunk, this would explain the high amounts of chloroform. The prosecution couldn't definitively show chloroform was used to render Kaylee unconscious. They had no receipts for chemicals used to make chloroform or any physical evidence like a rag or something that would have been used to put over Kaylee's face. While we're on the subject of chloroform, let's get into the computer evidence before we move on with more forensics. The prosecution called John Bradley, a former Canadian law enforcement officer who developed software for computer investigations, to analyze data files from a desktop that was taken from the Anthony home. Bradley said he was able to use a program to recover deleted searches from March 17th and 21st, 2008, and that someone searched the website sci-spot.com for chloroform 84 times. Bradley expressed his belief that, quote, some of these items might have been bookmarked. Under cross-examination by Baez, Bradley agreed that there were two individual accounts on the desktop and there was no way to know who actually did the searches. Hmm. Uh, Ian, if I could interrupt you there. Mm -hmm. Um, I contacted John Bradley last week and I had him perform the same forensic analysis on Mike's computer. (laughs) Yeah. And he was able to pull (laughs) Mike's search history from last week. And I just thought I'd I'd like to go over a few of these search terms that, uh, that John Bradley provided me. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So first we have Chad Kroger naked. I I think that's the lead singer of, of Nickelback. I don't, I don't know about that. That's a little weird. I showed the background of my phone, Pally. Yeah. Was Dale Earnhardt murdered? He's still on that 20 years later, I guess. That's kind of weird. Why won't they let me get a real chair? I, I guess that's... <laughs> That's a studio pic that we posted. Yeah, he's sitting on a Go to YouTube for more information on that one. Yeah. Why do people hate Creed? <laughs> Self-evident, but, you know, it's Mike. I don't know. Is the clit real? It, 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 Science is yeah, It's not. Like, there's articles. All right. Statute of limitations on college roofies. Why would you be searching that, Mike? 
weird. <laughs> is 13 inches too big? I, <laughs> what kind of search is that? I, I'm not sure what that was referring to. Ask your wife. PV- <laughs> <laughs> um, what's next? Do cry. Do true crime podcast listeners like to do blowjobs? <laughs> that's, that's a good search, I guess. <laughs> that's a very real search, that's actually. Right. Is storming the Capitol illegal? Were you planning on participating no. in the... Uh... Well, no, not until I was commanded to. Uh, okay. Whoops. All right, I've got how to trademark any hoodles. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Long-term effects of binge drinking. You're really busy there at home with your... Uh, uh, who's really busy? You got a fucking 19-page document John, over here. John Bradley pulled all these for me. I don't know. Oh. Can't wait till we debunk John Bradley here. Uh, is Mike Namapod hot? Oh, he's searching for himself. Some more people are saying, okay. What is that, a vanity search? Is that what <laughs> yeah, it's called? Apparently. A vanity search? <laughs> Casey Anthony Anal. Okay, at least you're doing research for this week's show. Sure. Yep. Sean Michaels penis in purple tights. Not a bad search. Okay, I get it. He did not wear ever purple tights. So. <laughs> That's what I was about to <laughs> jokes, say. Jokes on you, Pally. <laughs> jokes on you. He didn't wear purple hey, tights. Thank you, Ian. Off. Ian's got my back. Right. He's about to jump in there too. <laughs> you find purple tights, and I'll show you a new erection, Pally. The last one on this list. It says, "Is doing a weed one time dangerous?" <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Is doing a weed one time dangerous? I would like it to be known that every time I now go pee in the studio, I'm taking my phone so Dave can't search my history anymore. Hey, John Bradley did this. He remoted in to your IP yeah. address. Well, from... He's Canadian, so literally nothing he says is relevant. Right. Come just... on. It's Canada. I'm sorry to expose your search history, but uh, Stop I just it. thought it was necessary. <laughs> All right. Sorry for the interlude, and You can go back to the show now. <laughs> Further regarding the searches of for chloroform. Cindy Anthony testified that it was her that did that search, but it wasn't 84 times. It was only once. She said that the family dog had eaten a bunch of bamboo from plants in the backyard and seemed to be sick. She was Googling chlorophyll and got curious when chloroform came up in the suggested search. The prosecution hit back on this because they had time card proof that Cindy would have been at work during the time of these searches but Cindy didn't budge. She said that it was her that did the search for chloroform. Cindy said that she might have been home for lunch or something like that, but she was the one who did it, and it was only once. Do nurses often go home for lunch? I don't know how that works. Depends how close to the hospital they live. I don't know. Mm. I don't leave the house, so I don't know what real people do. I watch nine seasons of Scrubs. <laughs> they don't go home for lunch. They don't go home. No. <laughs> they don't go home for lunch. Look, I, I, it keeps going back to if it was your kid, I, I don't know. Wouldn't you lie in the stand? Well, too, Cindy's the one on the showing scenario. some, some yeah. lies here. Yeah, I don't know. But Cindy also choked her daughter previously. Just saying. If we're going to okay. character assassin. Fair enough. She choked her daughter. Fair enough. Well, I think the fact that Cindy doubles down on literally almost every lie that Casey tells is some character, you know, yeah. something yeah. to look at with her character. I, I, I think if you feel like your daughter accidentally killed your granddaughter, like your world's shattered, but aren't you going to do everything to help out your daughter at that point? I'm, I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's an impossible tough. kind of scenario to that's put yourself like you in, can't, but yeah, right. 
That's your granddaughter. Like also. if she says, yeah, but if she says it was an accident, I mean, wouldn't you do everything you could to kind of salvage what was left of your daughter's life? Like it's hard to I'm fault not sure. a parent for I'm that. I'm not sure. I know. I understand. That's yeah. tough. It's tough. But I, I don't know. But yeah. We'll get into that at the end. Let's save yeah, it for the end. Yeah, sure. Because otherwise people will turn this episode off right now and be like, I've heard enough about tater tots and fucking Mike's Google search history. <laughs> and, you know. It's 13 inches too big, Google. Well, I don't think it is. <laughs> Sign. Later on at trial, it was proven and Bradley had to admit that his software made an error and the search wasn't made 84 times. It was only made once. Oh, yeah, there's a big fucking oops. Yeah. And you used him as reference for me, Dave. Just saying. <laughs> you have your fucking John Bradley. Keep your Canadians. No one needs them. <sighs> that. I mean, do you think that happens often in trials? Well, he got caught, though, during the trial, right? Like, yeah, like if it wasn't a competent defense, like, do you think a public defender would have been able to bust this guy and refute and make him admit that it was once only 84 times? Like, how many times well, does, does do bad experts give bad testimony and it, yeah. it just goes and the jury uses that bad testimony to convict people because right. people have inadequate you know, legal counsel? I mean, if you're on a jury, anyone that gets put on the stand now, you're you're supposed to take at their word, right? If you're on the jury, well, they're under oath. You're supposed to take them at their word. You're supposed to take them at their word. You're supposed to disseminate the information and determine who's telling the truth and who's not. But I'm just saying they're under oath. You're going to take them at their word. So if there's someone brought in as an expert, you're going to think they're an expert. One versus 84. Hmm. Okay. Like, does John Bradley know anything about how computers work or bookmarks or (laughs) anything? That is very bad. (laughs) That's not a good look. Like, you shouldn't, if you don't know the difference, you shouldn't be in court testifying as an expert, right? Yeah, agreed. So I think this goes to say, like, at this point, they're laying doubt. There's doubt. I think when, when the prosecution calls an expert who's so incompetent like that, I think it lays doubt onto the whole premise of the prosecution right right? under their whole case well because again whether or not that's correct or not you're looking at it as a jurist yeah and you have to have unreasonable doubt that this girl premeditated to kill her daughter all these little things add up and they add up if you're the prosecution and your best judgment is to put this ex so-called you know quote unquote expert on the stand and he says this search happened 84 times and an hour later the defense team beats him up and gets him to admit it only happened once, then I don't know. I think that calls into question starts, everything. That starts taking, you know, chiseling out. Absolutely. And that's not, uh, you know, indicative of our final thoughts. Yeah. We're just saying if you're on the jury and I, I put myself in that perspective when reading this, like if you're on the jury, you might start to have a little bit of doubt. You might start to question whether the right. prosecution has all their ducks in a row and whether they're telling the truth exactly i'm not saying she's guilty i'm not saying she's not guilty yeah, i'm just saying right. if you're on the jury you might start to question that's things. the definition of a reasonable doubt ian we don't need you we got it from here <laughs> we got this <laughs> the prosecution also tried to tie back casey's idea of using chloroform to her ex-boyfriend cardo morales he had posted a meme that said, quote, win her over with chloroform. And it had like some some guy putting a, a rag over a, a woman's mouth on his MySpace page, like a, a stupid, like a really stupid rapey joke. But he testified that he never talked with Casey about chloroform. Mm. And I don't even understand 
why this was brought in as evidence. Like this is a very loose thing to try and you know tie this back to this is what yeah. made chloroform pop into Casey's mind. Well, one, rape's not funny, Ian. Quite frankly, I'm shocked that you would make that joke during this podcast. And I, I'm quite, quite frankly, I'm appalled that you would make rape jokes. It is offensive. Yeah. Like, who are you even? Maybe we shouldn't even release this episode. We shouldn't even release this episode. And two, Dave, you said one. Two, I think things like this, it's starting to be like death by a thousand cuts with... You know, making the prosecution look bad. Yeah, I agree. That was in my torture episode uh, available on Patreon, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Chinese Torture. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Regarding Kaylee's remains, prosecution called Chief Medical Examiner Jan Garavaglia, who testified that she determined Kaylee's manner of death to be homicide, but listed it as death by undetermined means. Dr. Garvaglia took into account the physical evidence present on the remains she examined, as well as all the available information on the way they were found and what she had been told by authorities before arriving to her determination. She said, quote, we know by our observation that it's a red flag when a child has not been reported to authorities with injury, there's foul play. There is no child that should have duct tape on the lower part of its face when it dies. Additionally, she addressed the chloroform evidence found by investigators inside the trunk of Casey's car, testifying that even a small amount of chloroform would be sufficient to cause the death of a child. The duct tape was proven to be a pretty rare brand of duct tape that was able to be linked back to the Anthony house. That duct tape was used on the gas cans that Casey had tried to steal from George. How is duct tape rare? That seems odd. Just like the pattern mm. on certain brands. It's pretty amazing with some okay. the, with some things like that. There were there's like you know like the FBI has just huge files of different type different brands of things to compare to. Yeah, I suppose. Or like you got some weird print from China duct tape at Dollar General one day or something was only imported once. Or yeah, I get it. Yeah, University of Florida professor and human identification laboratory director Michael Warren was brought on by the prosecution to present a computer animation of the way the duct tape could have been used in the death of Kaylee, which the defense objected to hearing. Judge Perry, after a short recess, ruled that the video could be shown to the jury. The animation featured a picture of Kaylee taken alongside Casey, superimposed with an image of Kaylee's decomposed skull in another strip of duct tape that was recovered with her remains. Like the images slowly brought together showing that the duct tape could have covered her nose and mouth. I think this video is highly prejudicial and should not have been allowed to be shown. I agree completely. There's no basis in reality for showing this. Because you don't, you don't know for 100% that that duct tape was over her mouth. Right. It's very inflammatory. So they're take they're basically taking three pictures. They're taking a picture of Kaylee alive and then taking a picture of her skull and then a picture of the duct tape, putting the picture of the duct tape over the skull and then fading them together to yeah, make right. to make a point. Yeah. It's just it, it's really it is nonsense. About this bias stated quote, this disgusting superimposition is nothing more than a fantasy. They're throwing things against the wall and seeing if it sticks. 
Jurors were seen taking notes of this image, and Warren testified that it was his opinion that the duct tape found with Kaylee's skull was placed there before her body began decomposing. Baez pushed back on all of this, saying that the duct tape wasn't used to kill Kaylee. It had simply fallen off the bag while sitting out in the elements from when George sealed the garbage bag with it. For this, Baez called the chief investigator for the medical examiner, who stated that the original placement of the duct tape was unclear and it could have shifted positions as he collected the remains. Well, but she used that piece of duct tape to declare it was a homicide as part of her evidence. And then under cross-examination, she admits it could have just moved? The, the investigator for her. Oh, I'm sorry. Not, not the medical yeah. examiner, the investigator. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what he's saying, he, the chief investigator saying when he collected the remains, it was unclear and it could have moved when he okay. was putting everything together. Fair enough. Going against the medical examiner, Baez called Dr. Werner Spitz. We talk about this guy all the time. OJ, yeah. John Bonet, West Memphis Three. Fucking celebrity. He's he's on the Necronomapod, uh, I guess, uh, Mount Rushmore at this point, simply because we talked about him so much. <laughs> right. He replaced Philip Klass, in Ian's opinion. No, he yeah, replaced Stanton Friedman. <laughs> like, let's get the schmucks out of there. Let's get the schmucks out. <laughs> Philip Klass stays. <laughs> Spitz performed his own autopsy on Kaylee and said that the medical examiner's was, quote, shoddy. He said it was a failure that Kaylee's skull was not opened during the examination saying, quote, you need to examine the whole body in an autopsy. Spitz stated he was not allowed to attend the medical examiner's initial autopsy on Kaylee's remains and that from his own follow-up autopsy, he was not comfortable ruling Kaylee's death as a homicide. He said that he could not determine what Kaylee's manner of death was, but said there was no indication to him that she was murdered. Additionally, Spitz testified that he believed the duct tape found on Kaylee's skull was placed there after she decomposed, saying that if the tape was placed on the skin, there should have been DNA left on it, and there was no DNA on the adhesive side of the tape. Token holes. See, I don't get that argument, because it, if we're talking about this, her remains in the bag being underwater, and all the skin's gone off her skull and, and everything, like, doesn't didn't that all wash away? Like, if... None of that DNA was left on her skull. Why would you expect it to be left on the duct tape? Like, yeah, that's just not a valid argument. Because you're just yeah. trying to plant doubt in yeah, the jurors' Yeah, but that's just mind. not a valid argument. But you're just trying to plant doubt in the jurors' well, sure, mind. Sure, sure. That's it. Yeah, I, I, like, personally, I mean, obviously, Dr. Werner Spitz is way smarter than I am. But I, I, I would say that, yeah, that would probably wash away. Like, I don't agree with him on that. Yeah. But, but again, you're I not, do you're agree not, with them. You're not going for scientific evidence. You're just trying to plant doubt. You're just trying to put enough doubt in the people's minds where they can say, no, this is not capital one, a, you know, whatever yeah. fucking murder. Uh, but I do agree with him that based on the, ev the, the physical evidence in that bag where she was, you know, or that crime scene, there's no way to tell how she was, how she died. So how can you, definitively say it was murder i agree with that i think the determining that was a homicide is a stretch with the available information it's i mean was it an accident or was it premeditated murder right you know i mean obviously That's she died I, of unnatural yeah. causes there's no reason that a two-year-old would be found dead and found in a in the woods like that mm -hmm. but 
saying it was premeditated murder or an accident, you know, there's no way to say that. Yeah. We'll be right back. Baez then called Roy Kronk, who recalled the same basic story he told police about his discovery of Kaylee's remains in December of 2008. He acknowledged receiving $5,000 after the after the remains were identified and admitted to joking to co-workers that he was going to be famous. But he denied that he told his son that finding the body would make him rich and famous. The next day, his son testified he had made those statements. So, I don't know. It seems like Roy Kronk just said some stupid shit that kind of came back to haunt him as far as Baez poking holes in his uh, credibility. Which, you know... I think some people would say, you know, the guy's like a lowly meter reader in Florida, right? You run into this kind of thing and you're like, I don't know, not starstruck, but you see visions of grandeur because you're the guy that found it. You're like, I'm going to be rich and famous. I'm going to get crunked. Get it? Crunk, right? Crunk. (laughs) Yeah, we got it. (laughs) We got it, Dave. We purposely didn't laugh at that one. (laughs) Son of a bitch. On June 30th, Baez called Crystal Holloway, a volunteer in the search for Kaylee, who stated that she had an affair with George Anthony, that he had been to her home, and that he had texted her, quote, just thinking about you, I need you in my life. What? Poor George. George is getting just drugged through the dirt in this trial. Yeah, for sure. Damn. She told the defense that George Anthony had told her that Kaylee's death was, quote, an accident that snowballed out of control. Under cross-examination by prosecutors, they had pointed to her sworn police statement, in which she said that George believed it was an accident rather than knowing it was. In her initial report, Holloway reported George saying, quote, I really believe it was an accident that just went wrong in case he tried to cover it up. She said that he had not told her he was present when the alleged accident occurred. I think he still believes this. Yeah, for sure. But I yeah, guess you kind you kind of have to, right? Like, who wants to think their daughter did it purposefully? Yeah. But by saying that he thinks it was a she covered it up, that's you're not insinuating that he also was a part of it. No. Okay. No. I and I agree. I think I agree. I mean, it's the best case scenario, right? For him to think is that an accident happened and she didn't know how to deal with it, so she tried to cover it up. Yeah. I mean, I'll say my final thoughts for the end, but this, sure. this, yeah. I don't think George was in on this, is what I'll say right now. Okay, fair enough. I like how during Ian, I like how he says, "I'll save my final thoughts for the end," and then he gives his final thought. That's not my final thought. <laughs> That's my final thought on George. That's my final thought on this case. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I have some thoughts, man. During redirect examination, Baez asked Holloway if George had told her that Kaylee was dead, while stating publicly that she was missing. To which she replied, "Yes." Again, I'm sure he thought she was because, you know, at that point, what else? Where else would she be? George isn't an idiot. Yeah. I mean, he's he's an ex-cop. He knows what's going on. I think he knew from the minute he went to the impound lot and found that car. Yeah. In his earlier testimony, George denied the affair with Holloway and said that he visited her only because she was ill. He said that he sent the text message because he needed everyone who had helped in his life. After Holloway's testimony, Judge Perry told jurors that it could be used to damage George George's credibility, but it was not proof of how Kaylee died, 
nor evidence of Casey Anthony's guilt or innocence. Closing arguments were heard July 3rd and July 4th. Jeff Ashton for the prosecution told the jury, quote, when you have a child, that child becomes your life. This case is about a clash between that responsibility and the expectations that go with it and the life that Casey Anthony wanted to have. He outlined the state's case against Casey, bringing up her many lies to her parents and others, the smell in the trunk of the car that was identified by several witnesses, including her own father, as the odor of human decomposition and the items found with Kaylee's skeletal remains back in December of 2008. He emphasized how Casey, quote, maintains her lies until they absolutely cannot be maintained anymore and then replaces them with another lie. And he used Zanny the Nanny as an example. Ashton reintroduced the items found with Kaylee's remains, including the Winnie the Pooh blanket that matched the bedding at the Anthony home one set of laundry bags with a twin bag found at the Anthony home and duct tape, which we talked about was a relatively rare brand. He held all this stuff up and said, quote, that bag is Kaylee's coffin. He further criticized the defense theory that Kaylee drowned in the family pool and that Casey and George panicked upon finding her body and covered it up. He asked jurors to use their common sense when deciding a verdict saying, quote, no one makes an accident look like a murder. Interesting line. Very, yeah. mostly true for the most part yeah. in most circumstances. Before the closing arguments were to be heard from the defense, Judge Perry ruled that Baez couldn't bring up any of the sexual abuse claims against George and Lee because Baez literally never spoke of it the whole trial, besides the opening statements. <laughs> he just wants to say it in the opening and the closing, but never give any <laughs> right. evidence to support it. But even still, like he did what he had to do, like. It's disgusting, but he he did what he should have done, right? Yeah. Like he just sprinkled that little dust on, sure. said, "Hey, think about this. This poor sweet girl went to school with the taste of her dad's dick in her mouth, which is essentially what he said." Sure. Yeah. Now think about that. But realistically, there's no way that he could actually address that during testimony because the only way he could do that was to it, to have Casey on the stand. Right. That was never going to happen. Right. You don't do that. So he played that very yeah, well sure. is what I'm saying. Like as scummy as it is, he did that. Well, yeah, sure. Even though it's bullshit. You know, we talked about it the other, the other night we were talking about like what to do for a schedule coming up. And one of us threw out the, one of you guys threw out the Menendez brother case. That's what was used in that case was the, this claims of molestation by the father in that case. And they hit hard on it the whole trial. And it's almost like Baez looked at that trial and was like, okay, like you just said, Dave, that made them, that made the Menendez brothers have to testify. So it's almost like he looked at that and was like, okay, we can't have Casey yeah, right. uh, testify, but I'm just going to throw this out there and see, and just put that seat out there. And then I'm just never going to bring it up again. It's actually a genius thing to do. Yeah. What, no one can do anything. Once it's out, it's out. Once you've said it. I mean, even if but someone overrule or, you know, objects, the judge the can say disregard that, but they've it. heard it. And well, all and, you're doing is planting doubt. That's yes, all you need to absolutely. do is plant doubt. You don't have to even prove innocence. Just plant doubt. Nope. And the burden of proof is on the state. Yeah. So now they're, they're, they have to address that claim. And then it almost validates it in the minds of the jury because it's being talked about now. Right. You give it credence when you have to address it. 
Baez began by saying there were holes in the prosecution's forensic evidence, going back to the whole fantasy forensics phrase. He told the jury that the prosecution wanted to see stains that didn't actually exist, that they had not proven that the stains in the Anthony's car trunk were caused by Kaylee's decomposing body, rather from a trash bag found there. He added the prosecutors tried to make his client look like a liar because their evidence was weak. He said the drowning is, quote, the only explanation that makes sense and showed jurors a photograph of Kaylee opening the home sliding glass door by herself with the pool in the background. He stressed there were no child safety locks in the home and that both of Casey's parents, George and Cindy, testified that Kaylee could get out of the home easily. Cindy testified that Kaylee couldn't have put the ladder on the side of the pool and climb up, but Baez alleged that Cindy may have left the ladder up that night, saying, quote, she didn't admit to doing so in testimony, but how much guilt would she have knowing that it was her that left the ladder up that day? That's a stretch, but okay. I'm not a big fan of Cindy Anthony. No, you don't like her? No. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what Complicit I could say here? that would get me in trouble and wouldn't. I'm going to take a sip of beer. Ian, go ahead. <laughs> Baez went on to tell jurors his biggest fear was that they would base their verdict on emotions, not evidence. He said, quote, the strategy behind that is if you hate her, if you think she's a lying, no good slut, then you'll start to look at this evidence in a different light. I told you at the very beginning of this case that this was an accident that snowballed out of control. What made it unique is not what happened, but who it happened to. Top mom is a slut, and that's exactly how you should look at her. <laughs> Top mom. I don't want to address it because I, I loathe Nancy Grace. <sighs> but I do agree with her on this case, I think, in a lot of ways. Some ways. Some ways. Some, some ways. Okay. Yeah. Some. Tater top mom. Also, fuck you, Nancy Grace. <laughs> fuck Nancy Grace. I am quite intoxicated for the record. <laughs> Let the record show. Dave and I have had some alcohols tonight. Ugh. At one point, as Bias spoke, Ashton could be seen smiling or laughing behind his hand. This prompted Bias to refer to him as, quote, this laughing guy right here. The judge called a sidebar conference, then a recess. When court resumed, he grilled both sides, saying Asha and Baez had violated his order that neither side should make disparaging remarks about opposing counsel. You can see the video of that. that the guy from the prosecution, uh, Ashton, he looks like a he comes off looking like a really cocky asshole. Juries don't like sitting, that. Yeah, when he's sitting there laughing at Baez. Yeah. After both lawyers apologized, the judge accepted the apologies, but warned that a reoccurrence would have the offending lawyer excluded from the courtroom. Are, we, July are we ready to get into this now? This is the part where people get fired up. I think so. Are you going to get fired up, Mike? I don't think so. Okay. I read the spoilers. I know what happens. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. On July 5th, 2011, after 10 hours of deliberation, the jury found Casey Anthony not guilty of counts one through three regarding first-degree murder, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and aggravated child abuse, while finding her guilty on counts four through seven for providing false information to law enforcement. Count four was the whole Universal Studios ordeal that she... <clears throat> Which is comical. There. It's comical to think <laughs> of in was. your mind. Yeah. Like, bitch, where the fuck were you going? Where were you going? Count five was the whole Zanny the Nanny thing and leading police to that apartment complex that ended up being empty. 
Don't count don't six. drug your your kid. <laughs> yeah. My thought on that one. Count six was uh, the two employees that she claimed from Universal Studios that she told about the disappearance of Kaylee, Jeffrey Hopkins and Juliette Lewis, who J- Jeff Hopkins did exist and Juliette Lewis did not. <laughs> well, she was in she Natural existed. Born Killers, Ian. I know she exists. Yeah, she exists in the movies. <laughs> also, poor Jeff Hopkins. Like, that guy's right. just trying to fucking be a human being. Like, I don't even have a kid. Why no. are you fucking with me? Goddamn. And then count seven was when she said she received a phone call and spoke to Kaylee on July 15th, 2008. That's one where she talks about the 911 call that she got a, a phone call from an unidentified number that was still, um, or that was now right. not working. Right. This caused law enforcement to use resources to try and track down that phone number. And somewhere out there, the devil is dancing tonight. <laughs> I'm using that for the intro for this episode. <laughs> She's all looking at it, all, at the camera all side. The devil dances tonight. Devil is dancing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking slut top mom. I want to laugh at that, but I hate Nancy Gray so much. I won't even give her the. I won't give her the the just of me laughing. So you, you didn't listen to the part one's intro where I used her yelling at, at guests on her show? Ian, you know better than that. <laughs> that you've, that you've I've, never listened. I've never listened to a show in the history of our shows. Because <laughs> if I did, I'd hate every minute because my voice is obnoxious. Like, I don't I don't blame people who hate me because you hear my voice and you're like... blame people who hate me. And you're like, oh, fuck, this guy's talking again? Like, why do they even give him a microphone? <laughs> This kooky jury who let Top Mom off. <laughs> the jurors. Is she still on TV? Is she still on HLN, like at night? I think she no. says her podcast. That's it? She get fired? I don't know. No. She just does the podcast. You know, it's really funny about her podcast or just podcasts in general. If you go on uh, Apple Podcasts and search Casey Anthony... It's the search results are dominated by Nancy's uh, <laughs> podcast because she still talks about her like once a month mm. in every in every title to the podcast. Things related to Casey are uh, they're all in caps and they say every one of them says top mom <laughs> <laughs> and they're all caps typed out. <laughs> so are you saying it's the goal of Necronomapod to beat her? We want to oh, be the number always one. Been the goal. We want to be the number one Necronomapod Casey Anthony show. To beat Nancy Grace. Well, I trademark top mom. You're never going to beat me, Mike. Yeah. Spoiler alert. We I got the best haircut in America. Spoiler alert. Top we mom we should be in prison. Mom. We're not using Karen haircuts. We're not using Karen voices. <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit. I hate her so much. I hate her so much. Well, you just don't get me, Mike. Yeah. Okay. All right. You and the jurors, the kooky jury that Look, let top saying, mom out of jail. I'm not even saying I disagree <laughs> with Nancy Grace on this one. I'm just saying as a, as a human being, she is the scum of the universe. <laughs> I disagree, Mike. Okay. The jurors, the kooky jury, they're the scum. And top mom, that slut, who was out getting gangbang <laughs> while Kaylee was rotting in a car. <laughs> Good Lord. Can't can't even Mike. I can't even with this with this woman. Look this at my haircut, Mike. Human being. 
I when I when I see the search results for Casey Anthony, I just imagine Nancy Grace because they're all in caps. I just imagine right. her so angry saying <laughs> they're typing top like banging, on, banging on her keyboard at home. Mom, <laughs> she's out there partying like a slut. I'm sick to my stomach from the top mom still and the juror that kooky jury. <laughs> That let that bitch slut top mom out of jail. I hope to God we never again have a case where uh, Nancy Grace can come back. So Judge Perry announced at sentencing on on July 7th that he would withhold the jurors' names for several months because of concern that, quote, some people would like to take something out on them. I bet. Look at all those people showed up at the Anthony's fucking front door. Beating on their... Yeah, fighting fighting with George on the lawn. Like, people are nuts. Times 100 in Florida. Casey was sentenced to serve one year in county jail and $1,000 in fines for each of the four counts for providing false information to law enforcement officers, which was the maximum penalty by law. She received 1,043 days credit for time served, plus an additional credit for good behavior, resulting in her release on July 17th, 2011. So 10 days later, she walked out. Yeah. After the jurors' names were revealed, they did receive a ton of death threats and harassment. They have all stated they believe that Casey probably did kill Kaylee, but the state didn't have a smoking gun or could really tell a story and show exactly how Kaylee was murdered or the fact that she was even murdered and that it wasn't an accident. There was no concrete proof that someone actually premeditatedly killed her. Yeah, exactly. It was an overcharge. After retirement, Judge Perry personally said that he thought that finding Casey guilty of first-degree murder with the punishment of death would have been a stretch, that there wasn't enough there. But in his opinion, there was more than enough there for the manslaughter charge. Yep. Cindy believes that Casey is innocent and said that she asked God to rule on the case and that whatever the verdict was, was what God intended. So God intended this. Casey didn't do anything wrong. I can't wait she, for um, patreon.com <laughs> slash Necronova, the $10 tier. Next week, Dave will be breaking down on Bible Babble with Dave, why <laughs> God intended that Kay, Kaylee Anthony is now dead and Casey Anthony is still alive. And that was in his plans <laughs> because that is what God intended. Dave. Mike, you just have to have faith. You can't question. All I'm asking is just for the breakdown. Well, you know, we'll, we'll cover it. But somewhere out there, all that up, somewhere like, out there, the devil's dancing tonight, Mike. <laughs> it was not part of God's plan. Look, I'm pretty sure. My haircut and Dave, the devil, they're both dancing tonight. Dave, can you please get Nancy Grace on Bible Babble? <laughs> well, that'd be fun. And I want to be a call-in. I want to be a call-in. Uh, to this day, Cindy still has regular contact with Casey. George, on the other hand, believes Casey is responsible for the death of Kaylee. He stated that leading up to Kaylee's disappearance, he had noticed that Kaylee was sleeping an abnormal amount and had black circles under under her eyes. He believes that Casey was microdosing Kaylee with Xanax, hence the nickname Zanny the Nanny. And no, Casey, <laughs> that's where that came from. <laughs> what? Shocker, right? Casey <clears throat> and that Casey accidentally overdosed Kaylee. And George hasn't spoken with Casey since the trial. And he believes she should have been sent to prison for this. 
George does. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish someone would microdose me with fucking Xanax every bit. It would be awesome. I'll, I'll microdose you with Xanax, Dave. What, what, really? Gladly. Okay. I'll come over every day and just throw you up <laughs> in some Xanax. <laughs> like, you might lose your job, you know. I'm a podcaster, Mike. Can't lose well, my job. Please. We're close to it as it is. <laughs> so, remember how we talked about Zanny the Nanny? We're like, well, obviously, Zanny is a street name for Xanax. Sure. And... Zenaida Gonzalez, it's like maybe she heard that name and could could come up with, you know, link the two together. So here's a good theory on where Zenaida Gonzalez comes from. This is completely off the top of my head, so someone can correct me if I'm wrong on the second name. Where Kaylee's body was found in that in the neighborhood, in that wooded area, was behind two houses. There was two houses. It was like in between two houses, pretty much. On one side. One of those neighbors was named Zenaida Almodovar. On the other side, I believe it was Fernando Gonzalez. Stop I know the, it. Get the fuck I out know, of here. I know the last name was Gonzalez. I believe the first name was Fernando. I can't remember exactly. Someone might be able to correct me. Jesus so she basically, Christ. It's fucking ridiculous. She basically took the two names of the, the houses where she the neighbors. left the bu- The neighbors. Yeah. The neighbors. And just mashed up their names thinking that it would be such an odd name that no one would ever figure it out. And somehow, it coincidentally, there was a Zenaida Gonzalez living in Orlando. That poor that, woman. Yeah. <laughs> of course yep. that's what it was. Of course it was. Like, I don't believe in coincidences. That would be, that's too much of a stretch. Of course that's what it was. Wow, I didn't know that. That's, what a that's dumb insane. human being. That's insane. Stupid tot mom dumb bitch. Fuck you, Nancy. Get the fuck out of here. <sighs> That's unbelievable. That's wild. I've never heard that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Huh. But only that of was brought up that, during the trial. Yeah, of course only that's the, what it was. Of course the, it was. If only the jury could have been made known of that. Mm. You know, and after this, Casey had a lot of legal and, and money issues. She was sued by multiple people. Uh Zenaida Gonzalez, the real Zenaida, sued her pretty hefty for just you know using her name like that yeah i don't blame her um that's a stretch though i mean no stop it you're getting questioned for murder and in this this case that you you've kidnapped this girl but she didn't target her specifically it's just a name like if your name was bill jones you don't know what this and there were five thousand bill jones you wouldn't be able to sue but there wasn't five thousand bill jones there was one but it doesn't matter it's not it's the same thing you were accused of kidnapping a child not specifically it was just a name you still had to go through the trouble of it it got thrown out of court because it was not a legitimate lawsuit your name was drugged to the mud <laughs> Why not? You think if there was 5,000 Bill Jones in Florida that all 5,000 could sue her if she would have said, Bill Jones kidnapped my kid? No. But no. The, and that works in Zenaida's F for her but case. It's the same thing. There's one person. There's okay. one person. All right, Ian, move on, please. There's one person. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's the same thing. How is that ridiculous? Because <laughs> just because it's a unique name, she wasn't targeting that person specifically. She just made up that name. That woman went through hell. She that, deserves to be compensated. It's not right? the person that she was ta- she, like. She wasn't targeting that woman. That she woman, just happened that, to have that name. But that woman still went through hell. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, next, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll disagree on that one. We're gonna we're gonna disagree yeah. on that one. I don't know. Sue that whole family for all they're worth. 
Fucking you want to take George's pension now too? They they threw in a nationwide case. You are now a suspect in kidnapping a two year old girl. But it was you a made up name, and she just happened to have that name. Exactly. But she was the only one that had that name, and but was questioned, the- and was thrown in the public spotlight. She okay. doesn't deserve any compensation for okay. that. Do all 5,000 Bill Jones have the same thing? <laughs> Were all 5,000 Bill Jones put on the, pub, the the front page of every tabloid? But if she would have said the name Bill Jones, wouldn't they have been? Were all 5,000 Bill Jones thrown on the your front page? Your argument is absolutely ridiculous. I think your argument's ridiculous. You're saying because it's only one person, she doesn't deserve any compensation. She wasn't personally targeting her. She picked her name she- out, and this lady was personally targeted. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. I think you take that family for everything they're worth. Okay. Yeah. I think this family's already been taken for everything they're worth. The other big legal thing that she had, because Zenaida Gonzalez was not the only one to sue her. Uh, Roy Kronk sued her. Uh, a bunch of people did. But Judge Get Perry. Kronk, did. yeah! <laughs> what happened? Okay! What happened with all these lawsuits? Are they all just settled? <laughs> What? <laughs> now Lil John's here. <laughs> uh, she ended up having to file bankruptcy for some of it, but um, <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Judge Perry ruled that that because of all like the resources that were put in by the police from all her lies and stuff, she had to pay back like a hundred thousand, like close to a hundred thousand dollars for wasting all those resources. So she ended up filing bankruptcy, and you know it was a whole mess for her financially. In 2016, a private investigator who worked for the defense before the trial started, Dominic Casey stated that on July 26, 2008, Baez admitted to him that Casey Anthony murdered Kaylee, saying, quote, and dumped the body somewhere, and he needed all the help he could get to find the body before anyone else did. Goddamn, that's a revelation. He also claimed that Baez had a sexual relationship with Casey, and that, quote, Casey told me she had to do what Jose said because she had no money for her defense. About the sexual relationship, he went on to say at one point he saw Casey naked and running out of Baez's office. (laughs) Also, there was a media thing that that Casey really didn't want to do, but Baez had already set it up. Uh, So Baez canceled it for her and said, quote, now you owe me three blowjobs. Which is, I mean, that's essentially what everyone thought was going on from the beginning, right? Sure. Who's this Dominic yeah. Casey guy? Is he legit? Yeah, he was a private investigator. Well, he, well, yeah, he worked on I mean, it like, in the beginning. Him and by it, it's worth noting that he he worked on it the case before it went to trial. There was a falling out between him and Baez, and Baez pretty much fired him, told him to get the fuck out of there. So. So you know, who knows? Grind. Who knows? You never know who the fuck. Yeah, he, he might have some something out for Baez or whatever. Yeah. Casey's too much of a narcissist to give a good blowjob, right? There's no way she gives a good blowjob. Is that how that works? I don't know. 
I, I, yeah, like I do narcissists know. aren't they not are they not able to do know. that? Two into themselves, I guess. Two into themselves, right? right? Now you go down on this. Like, yeah, right. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're I mean, saying. She doesn't put the effort into that, right? Probably not. Casey, let us so know lazy. if you give a good blowjob, Casey. <laughs> get to us. Lazy blowjob, I'd imagine. Yeah, right. No effort. She's yeah. lazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. Like, if you're Jose, you're just like, oh, no, send me some hot photos. I'll take care of it myself then. Like, don't worry about right. it. I'll do it myself. <laughs> don't be lazy. It's like, bitch, I'm releasing those. Uh, well, Stop. I'm releasing Stop. that evidence. <laughs> we got to behave a little bit here. Oh, boy. Getting to the story of Kaylee accidentally drowning in the pool. Coincidentally, Casey had been locked up with an inmate who had a daughter who was drowned in her family pool by her grandfather. Now, this is a confirmed case that that did happen. Dominic Casey said that with this story, he was the one that noticed that sometimes the Anthony pool ladder was left down, and he, Baez, and Casey came up with this story of the accidental drowning based on him seeing the ladder left down and this other woman that was locked up with Casey. I 100% believe that. That is completely possible. Yeah, I, I believe that's, that. that it's possible. Yeah. I think this Dominic Casey guy is just a full shit piece of shit human being. Mm. I don't I don't put anything into what he says. Nothing at all? No. No, I think he's a scumbag. I don't believe in coincidences <laughs> and this whole the story about the, her prison pal who she was rooming with in jail that actually happened to her that scenario. Right. That just completely lines up. That completely makes sense. But lines up to what? To, to her Casey stealing saying, this is my story. story. Go, That's a really good fucking story. I'm going to take that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Completely okay. plausible. Because there's no, like, think at the beginning of this story when all this happens. She's in jail. She's meeting Jose Baez. She has no, obviously, based on all the lies that we heard about last week, she has no story. She has nothing. And then, you know, the person she's rooming with in jail has a story. I completely believe that she's like, and they concocted this based on her experience yes. in prison. It's like, I, that's a great story. That can explain this whole thing. I apologize. I'm extremely drunk. Yes, I agree with Dominic Kasich's story. <laughs> like, I think this is all made up. I thought he was saying that this is the truth. No, I agree. This is all made up. Uh, it, I mean, we know from, from part one that she just uses either completely false, made up people and real people. In yeah. false and real scenarios to craft all kind of lies. So, of course, this would be in her, yeah. you know, this would be in her MO of something to do is just take someone else's story and morph it into her own thing. It goes back to the whole Kaiser Sose scenario where she's <laughs> yeah. just looking, oh, that, that looks good. Let me take this and take this. And that's exactly what. Absolutely. <clears throat> Damn. That's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Now let's talk about the biggest fuck up in this case. When investigators ran forensics on the Anthony computer, they only looked at the Internet Explorer browser history. They didn't bother to look at the Firefox history. Who the fuck uses Internet Explorer, the worst browser in the history of browsers? Literally, probably George Anthony. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. <laughs> Oh, such garbage Microsoft stuff. And he's just looking up like MSNBC News, like just whatever he can find. Like just poor guy. Awful. He's he he opens like uh, the web browser just to like search for his own email. He's like, 
<laughs> yahoo.com and then it comes up and he clicks on that and he's what like, is my email yeah yeah g anthony 232 at yahoo password i love my wife and donuts because i'm a cop <laughs> click <laughs> and it's Great. just like it's, you know it's just whatever he signs up for like espn news here's the local Whatever. Yeah, I don't know what old men sign out for. Dave, what do old men sign out for? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Well, you know. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Christ. On Monday, June 16th, 2008, the last day that anyone saw Kaylee, Casey spent from 7.56 a.m. through 8.06 a.m. chatting through instant messages with a guy with the username White Playboy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know his real name. I'm leaving it out because his name is not like public court documents. I mean, people can go out there and yeah. find his name. He, I'm not going to say it. Ian, is his name Mike Namapod? Hey, Faye, motherfucker. <laughs> I pay white playboy. Yo, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I picture this dude as Ian. Have you, I, I'm not even going to bother asking Mike, but. Did you ever see the movie from the nineties? Uh, Can't hardly wait. Yeah, where Seth Green was like the the white dude who thought he was a rapper. Like, that's how I picture white Playboy. Yo, what's I up? Actually know, I actually know that. Do you? Yeah, that's a great fucking movie. That's what pops in my head with white Playboy. So I think we're going forward, baby. Now. What's up? Dave and I yeah. are going to read the inst- the uh, IMs, right? Yeah. Can Dave- I just say the white Playboy spelled? W I T E P L A Y B O I Boy like flavor flavor boy pretty sure I the last time I saw this the screen name it was uh on Dateline NBC and uh hi my name is Chris Hansen why don't you have a seat why don't you have a seat white playboy what are those condoms and uh pizza boxes so uh tell me did you bring some uh food tonight well yeah but it was it was for me what are you doing here tonight we'll see I was talking to this girl online and I I was coming to tell her about the dangers of talking to people online oh really let me read from you this chat white playboy would you like to suck my dick well see I was just trying to tell her that it's dangerous to talk to people who's you know you shouldn't suck dicks she said oh will you bring condoms and a six pack of Budweiser Sir, did you bring condoms? Well, no, I didn't bring them with me, but they're in my car. But I always keep them in my car. Like, I just, for, you know, for safekeeping, you know. So Dave's going to be white playboy, and I'm going to read Casey Anthony. And we are literally going to read the instant messages as they are written. So Dave as they is, are writ? As they are written. Oh, I thought you said writ. So like, as they are writ. So let no, it be written, so let it be done. Yo, as they are writ. Yeah, get off my balls. Ow. As they are writ. So Dave's white playboy, I'm Casey Anthony. We're going to read the instant messages as they are written, as Ian got them from the transcript. White playboy, the stage is yours. Hey, how was the showcase? It went really well. You should come out one Friday. I will once I quit my job. Awesome. How's life, love? Well, I finished 12th in one of the biggest online poker tourneys last night. I was pissed. Alex, that's great, though. You're really stepping up. If I won't, it was like, um, 
set me up for the next four years type money. Instead, scraps. Holy crap, hon. First was 125000 Jesus Christ. I get 9000 <laughs> See why it's so upsetting? LOL. Still, 9000 isn't bad at all, babe. So what are you up to? Not a whole lot. Checking up on all the MySpace Facebook hoopla. Yourself? Yeah, my mom's chilling. Gonna get a haircut in a little. Nice. <laughs> How's your place working out? Eh, I can't wait for the lease to be up. I want my own place. This is true. I'm finally moving into my own place. At the end of the month, I'll have a roommate for a little bit. But at least my friend Amy is like living with myself. Yeah, you told me. That's hot. Smiley face. <laughs> I'm extremely excited. It's well past due. You're going to invite me over? Most definitely. Late night rendezvous. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But poker games? Beer pong? The usually hangouts? Casey really likes this boyfriend of hers. I had to try. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Good conversation there. Was was that even English language? <laughs> <was all> right. <laughs> you know. Okay. Casey spent most of the rest of the day looking at all of her friends' MySpace and Facebook pages. I mean, there are tons of browser activity looking at MySpace and Facebook. Then at 2.49 p.m., someone ran a search for, quote, foolproof suffocation on Firefox before clicking an article that criticizes pro-suicide websites, quote, that include advice on foolproof ways to die. A minute after the suffocation search, the browser recorded more activity on MySpace, which Casey Anthony used all the time. George didn't use MySpace. And <laughs> no. Cindy was at work. <laughs> Cindy he was at work. <laughs> You're shit me. And from the instant messaging transcripts, like the proof of that, we know it was Casey on this computer. <laughs> mm. Of this error, Orange County Sheriff's Captain Angelo Nieves said, quote, there was an oversight. This has been a learning experience for investigators as well. I think it's a bit more than an oversight, but... You know what? At me. least somebody's taking initiative on it, though, and, and saying, hey, you know, we fucked up. I'm well, not saying it's it's okay, but they're not saying, like, oh, we ran a flawless investigation. Sure. Well, it was 2000... What year was it? The internet was brand new at that point, right? No. 2011? Oh, it, it wasn't? No, no oh. Dave. In fact, it was not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's 2011. Wait, yeah. what do you mean search histories? <laughs> What's a browser? Yeah. What's a WW what? What? Well. You fucking scientists, get out of here. <laughs> you have no place in the courtroom. Baez has gone on to say, quote, I don't understand how no one ever knew about this evidence. We were keeping it close to the vest and ready to counterpunch in the trial, and it never came out. That is wild. So they had that. How did they even have that? He said that he knew about this and he expected every day that he was going to get hit with this foolproof suffocation search. Insanity. Well, but evidence has to be presented ahead of time, right? Like he would have known they were going to present it ahead of time. Like they had to share. You can't right. just come into court one day and go, right. oh, exhibit A, look at this. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then he, so he waited and waited mm -mm -mm. and then nothing came up, which is a gold mine for him. How the fuck do you mess that up on the prosecution side? If he had it, how do they not? I don't know. They have money and the prosecution doesn't. 
the forensics team and the investigators like they all blame each other for this though the people that ran the computer said the prosecution never asked for firefox and it's like well even though they didn't ask for it shouldn't you just i mean couldn't you just right. run it anyways you know um so they they the investigators all started blaming each other for who fucked up on this but it's like all you guys fucked up because you really are not making a good case for yeah for who dropped the ball on this and that is casey anthony that is a a wild story i mean i I took a little what is she up to now kind of search and there's really not a lot out there about her she's mostly been out of the public eye she's been spotted out partying a few times mostly in west palm beach I know she was spotted up in Columbus a couple years ago. Yeah. So she's, you know. But you say partying, though. It's just spotted at a bar. out at the bar. Not yeah. partying. Not like the blue dress, you know, right. hot body contest. She's no, no bar. hot body she's contest just, at this point. She's just hanging out and doing her thing. Mm. There's been a lot of, not a lot, but several newspaper interviews with her. And there's just some disturbing pictures of her, like holding a picture of Kaylee. Or there's this one picture where... It's a photo of her just kind of, I don't know, like pensively staring at the wall at a picture mm-hmm. of Kaylee. It's just really disturbing. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like if what we think happened happened, then it's just, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that. Right. I think you're, you're maybe mentally. Like how, do you, how do you get Ill? to that point? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, a couple of years ago, she was living in South Florida with a guy named Patrick McKenna, who was the lead investigator on her defense team. Apparently they made a love connection during this whole thing. She was like with him, with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I read that George Casey was in a serious car accident a few years back and she apparently reached out to him. So, and he accepted that. It sounded like it until that point. He had not, he had not. It sounded like she had contact with her mom still off and on. Of course. Cindy was trifling. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> trifling that's right <laughs> trifling she was I'm sorry she was I know she has a documentary coming out right yeah she's like executive producer right? she does yeah she's producing her own documentary about what really happened like wouldn't you just let it go like wouldn't you just say maybe it's, I'm gonna go live in Bali or something and just you would not think. do you would this think. you would think but you're also looking for a payday there can't be that much money I coming guess. in, right? Unless other there, people are taking care be. of you. Well, it, it, Unless it, other people are taking care yeah, of you. It's odd that you don't really hear too much about her anymore. But just last month, it, she opened her own uh, private investigation firm titled or named Case Research and Consulting Services, LLC, mm-hmm. to help other mothers unjustly accused. You can hire her, Dave, if you ever need, if you're an unjust mm, uh, um, person accused of a crime. I don't know that I would. Yeah, I don't think I would. Apparently, she does not have her own PI license, so she can't really do the so actual the work herself. Gives She's you a hand probably- job in the parking lot and says, hey, thanks for signing up. My attorneys will be in touch. So I think she's just a front. Yeah, I don't know. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't she a couple like a year or so ago maybe two years offered like five hundred thousand dollars from hustler to do oh, a photo that's shoot right yeah i forgot about that so obviously there is a payday out there this is just my opinion mm. if i was her i would have done the photo shoot for five hundred thousand dollars and skipped out on this documentary because mm. 
what is there to prove in this documentary? Yeah, right. That's what could she man. say? But can you imagine, like, everyone thinks you killed your daughter, and now you're going to pose naked and take a payday based on your popularity because you killed your daughter. But just take the payday and leave the country and just be done. Like, who no, cares? I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just saying, like, think about it from that person's standpoint. Like, that's... That's enemy number one. Like you're you're going to be even more hated than you yeah. already are. That's yeah. that's a big step. I wouldn't I have hated I mean, to you see probably, that in Hustler. You can, well, you can probably retire on whatever they paid you. You could probably name your price. Really, she could have got more than five hundred grand, right? Uh, Larry Flint would have paid her a million dollars. I'm sure. Her whatever. Sure, Casey. I will walk that to a million dollars. You saw your beaver in a hospital magazine. That's my best offer. A million five to show your beaver. I remember the reason the hustler really like to see your pussy in the magazine this time. <laughs> this show's off the rails tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and you would expect her to go, okay. <laughs> you gotta stop. I think Ian just pissed his pants. I think Ian just pissed his pants. <laughs> Like, you killed your kid, and Larry Flint's offering you, you know, a million dollars to show your beaver. Like, wouldn't you expect to hear okay? Well, Kirsten, just go ahead and go to okay, and write your check for a million dollars. Okay! Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fucking hammered. <laughs> That's a long show. <laughs> well, guys, I, I don't know. We've been talking about doing this show forever. Like, you know, like I said last week, the, I think doing the bit about how hot she was was way better than actually doing the show. Now that we actually did the show, we can't do the bit anymore because it's, you know, it's not funny anymore. So I have mixed feelings. Or are we, you want to get into what we all think happened? Sure. Sure. Based on everything in the story, but specifically based on the the chat and the browser history, I really think that, you know, she, she had recently got this new boyfriend, Tony Lazaro, and he was real into partying in clubs and stuff. And she's involved with these new people doing stuff like that. And she's she's living it up. But all those people, none of them had kids. None of them had that responsibility. This computer history really makes you think that it's like she's sitting here talking to this guy. Would she say she's catching up on all the MySpace and Facebook hoopla? She spent the whole day doing that and then just eventually thought fuck this I'm done having this responsibility mm. and ran her search for for uh, foolproof suffocation and I think she had been dosing Kaylee with Xanax for a while to get her to nap probably because Zanny the nanny I mean that's just ridiculous Yeah, and I, I think that she probably did dose her with Xanax enough to make her pass out and then put the duct tape over her and smothered her I don't think she, I think it was more of a, 
quote humane way to do it i guess yeah i don't think that's far off i you know i i knew a lot about this case for a while and i and i always thought that she probably accidentally killed her like you said with the dosing and whatnot but that 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 internet search for the foolproof suffocation stuff i think i i don't i don't know how you explain that away you know yeah like having an accident is one thing but like who searches for that so i we've had a running gag about casey anthony because that's what we do but i mean the reality is she's a fucking disgusting pig that either directly or indirectly you know caused the death of this little girl and that's that i mean that's the bottom line i don't know i mean she's marginally attractive i i mean so for some reason i think that makes it harder for people to believe that that she was guilty. You know what I mean? I think it's been proven that more attractive people fare better in court. I don't think that that's a surprise to anyone because people are shallow and that's just how juries operate. But I mean, if she had been ugly, might she have been found guilty? Probably. You think so? Even with I, that, I think that so. Harsh of a, uh, you know, I think it just had a lot to do with it. Hmm. I mean, if this yeah, case, I mean, if this case wasn't sensationalized like this and she had a public defender, was he been convicted? I think most definitely. Maybe so. And then a public defenders are different, though, I think. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. money's money, and poor people get what poor people get, and then people with... I mean, not that she was necessarily wealthy, but I think Jose Baez did this for free, or for blowjobs or whatever ended up <laughs> right. happening. I mean, right. she ended up declaring bankruptcy later, being a million dollars in debt, so I don't know, you know how that all works, but... I don't know. What are you going to do? Guilty people go free and innocent people get executed. That's just the world we live in. Now she's living in a life of a million dollars in blowjobs. She's got to pay off. Yeah. In Florida, no less. Who wants that humidity <coughs> on a blowjob? Is it hard to do blowjobs in the humidity? I'd imagine. I don't know. Is doing the marijuana once dangerous? <laughs> Wasn't that your search? Was that your search, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Is doing the marijuana once? Probably. It's probably worse than doing a blowjob in Florida. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's close. What would you rather do? Marijuana once or a blowjob in Florida? Either way, like you just feel dirty afterwards, right? right? I'd imagine. Oh. I mean, I know we've, we've joked since the beginning of the show about how hot she was. and uh, I mean, yeah, she's a good looking girl, but I, I think we all realize she's a fucking pig who killed her kid. So I, you know. I hope people realize we weren't doing a bit and the bit's over now and that's it. A bit to an extent, right? Like we weren't, we weren't just putting people on. We weren't just making like a no, gag I mean, of it. She's a good looking like girl. A good looking I don't, girl. you know, sure. I, I think a lot of people, how can you think she's attractive when she killed her kid? I don't, you know, killing your kid doesn't change your physical appearance. I agree. She's still a cute girl. She's a good looking girl. I'm not going to, you know. You can't argue with that. You're also not going to bring her home to meet mom. No. No. She's a fucking pig a who fucking killed her kid. Child and she's still cute, though. Sure. But that's it. I agree. We're not imbeciles here. Of course, we know she fucking killed her kid. <laughs> I mean, if you guys don't get the bit, I don't know what to tell you. But. Goddamn. And thus was the, the day of kayfabe dying. Well, you know, if I said she was not guilty or innocent, my wife would fucking murder me. So I don't really have a choice. We'd here. have a fucking protest outside your house. Probably <laughs> like people would be lining up. She fucking hates Casey Anthony. Like more than anybody, I don't get it, man. And more people, than anybody else. Like, I mean, this yeah. one resonates with people. It does. And huh? I don't necessarily blame them. But I get just it. More I, than like, hey, remember that yeah. time that fucking 
Ariel Castro held three women hostage in his house and fucking raped them and beat them. Yeah. Killed their babies. There's something about killing your own kid. And, and yeah. I get it. And I, you know, it's all bad. It's all bad. It's just all bad saying, is what we're saying. She said, I think it. it's the I think it's a lot of it is the fact that a lot of that stuff was public, like the video of her conversation when she's like, you know, Cindy's like, they're saying that Kaylee's probably dead and case like surprise surprise and rolls her eyes like that that real flippant not giving a fuck yeah yeah or getting really a tattoo just, after you know she knew she was dead or at a hot body contents con, uh, contest sorry i'm a little the word is contest <laughs> contest <laughs> yes sir dancing like that when you mm-hmm. know your kid's dead like what you know what human can do that not a good one and chances are yeah and i mean realistically chances were that the night of the hot body contest, Kaylee's body was still in the trunk of the car. I mean, that's the car didn't get towed until uh, the car didn't get towed until the, till what was it? June 30th. Yeah. So, I mean, chances are, yeah, her body was probably still in the trunk of the car. I mean, it's unimaginable. It's unimaginable to think that a parent could function properly when they, when their kid was missing for a half an hour, let alone, doing things like this when it's just you know she's a pig it's unimaginable i I don't know what else you can say about it well that leads me to my next question ian anything else you got to say about this subject (laughs) i mean i can i can see why i i can see how the defense poked holes in it you know i think it was pretty aggressive to say that you know that she was knocked out with chloroform and and there there was no clear-cut proof of yeah of any of that stuff. I mean, yeah, common sense tells you what happened in this case, but I don't think you should just use common sense. They stretched and they lost. They stretched and they missed. Yeah. I don't think you should just use common sense when you're talking about putting someone to death. I think you need, you need that black and white evidence to do that. Agree. Being guilty and being proved guilty are just not the same thing. Yeah. Dave, final thoughts, or did you give them all? That was my final thought. I don't. Boom. I have nothing else on this. I will say it reinforces my opinion on Jody Arias. Marriage material? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, he's got to get that one in. (laughs) All right, we got some Patreon shout outs. We got some new ones. I hope so. Uh, Shout out to Sneha, Sindhu, Ganavaparapu, Christina, Kaylee, Morganhead. Abby, Samantha Davis, Justin Hessen, Luke Scrawny, Heather Ramage, Natalie Harrison, Smoke and Toaster, Lauren Pope, Megan, Sammy, Megan Lindell, Katie Jones, Michelle Perella, Tanner, Jordan, Ashley Moy, and then a makeup from last week. Apologies, I fucked up a name. So shout out to Ayla Cameron. Thank you very much. We are on patreon.com slash necronomapod. People love to let you know when you spell their, when you uh, pronounce their name wrong. They really get into it. They really do. I try my best. I'm fucking drunk when I read them. What are you going to do? They should give you a little leeway. Literally. And I think people think like I look them up. Ian is in charge of it. He sends me the names. Right. And that's no blame on Ian. Sure. He literally looks up the names, sends them to me. As we're about to start the show. But he doesn't give you the phonetic spelling. Of course not. No. It's, it, he shouldn't. But people are like, 
Your Mike's like uh, Bill Jones, and they're like, I know it's Bill Jones. Yeah, <laughs> you can Jones my balls. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. So, like, literally, I get the list while we're recording, and then I see them for the first time as I'm reading them, shit faced. Which, by all means, you know, I want to make things right. If a name's wrong, hit us up on one of the social medias. Yeah. Let us know. Send me the phonetic spelling of your name, and we'll make it right. Absolutely. You always come through, Mike. Good job. Mm, well, I try. I don't know if I always come well, around, but I try. A for effort, though. Anyways. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think where I go to next. I think I go to Ian next with his shout outs. I have nothing tonight. Wow. Dave, nothing. I got nothing either. No one's hated on us. We have a. We just recorded it one day ago. That's why. Well, yeah. <laughs> motherfucker. They don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time they hear this, there'll be a new YouTube video out, right? Yeah. A formal statement by myself. Mike Namapod has made a formal statement regarding uh, recent comments about his choice of uh, chairs in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> that is on YouTube.com slash Necronomapod. <laughs> I just felt it was worthy of being addressed because there was so much uh, discussion and inquiries and people concerned. It's better to get out in front of controversy than to let controversy it. get out in front of you. I addressed it. It's YouTube. done now. You've addressed it. The, the, the situation is complete. YouTube.com slash Necronomapod for that. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Necronomapod. Amazon.com. Search Necronomapod. And Necronomapod.com if uh, you want some koozies. We still got those going on. I think, right? Yeah, there's some. I mean, order them so I can get rid of them. Yeah, we got a lot of koozies. Just buy some koozies, people. We're going to do like a f koozies for floozies campaign here coming koozies up just to get rid of floozies. them. We just spent the last five weeks, six weeks, talking about the West Memphis Three and Casey Anthony. It's been some deep shit. The last time we were six weeks deep into something like this was fucking uh, Waco, Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, what the fuck was that place in Idaho? Ruby Ridge, Mike. Ruby, Ruby Ridge. Ridge. That's Ridge. what it was. Randy Same. Weaver. Yeah. I'm fucking worn out. I'm ready to do something, uh, something fun. This has been a lot of research for the past six weeks. Yeah. I feel like we hit a season finale tonight and we're only in the first week of February. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in June. We're taking some time off. <laughs> That's what we get when we let people fucking vote. I think or, we should probably stop that. Well, they cheat, so we can't do that anymore. Well, I do that. It's true. What are you going to do? You know, stop the vote. That's yeah. what we're going to do. People by nature are cheaters, so no we longer, can't have it anymore. This is no longer a democracy. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys very much. Hope you guys enjoyed these episodes. Hopefully, we didn't let you down. I think we gave you a very good, thorough Casey Anthony two parts, and Dave and I were as appropriate as we could be. I, I think it was a great comparison to the duality of the justice system here. Boom. Yeah. And what we got... We got Lil John unexpectedly. Got Lil John, Larry Flint, and Nancy Grace all in one episode. <laughs> so I do a couple of power hours before every show. <laughs> I go, oh, <laughs> Anthony, we'll get you on the next out in, uh, in March 2021 episode. Okay. You know. <laughs> Let me in, regain himself. We'll get back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? 
Church. 